Hey guys, Kind of Funny is having a holiday sale. That's right. If you go to kindoffunny.com slash store for the next week from Black Friday until the next Friday, you can get 10% off everything in the entire store. That's all the beautiful shirts that you know and love. That's the cups, the mugs, the stickers, all of that stuff is there. And the Let's Him Host shirts there for this week only. You need that. You need that in your life. Oh, are these all the T-Shirt Tuesday shirts that we exclusively had only on those Tuesdays? Yeah, they're back for one week only. All of them in one place. Buy them for you. Buy them for your sister, your friend, your neighbor, whoever you want to buy them for, even people you don't know. It's going to be great. 10% off. Kindoffunny.com slash store. This episode is brought to you by Loot Crate. Would you classify yourself as a geek gamer or a pop culture nerd? Then this is the subscription box for you. For less than $20 a month, you get six to eight items of gamer and pop culture licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. Make sure to head to lootcrate.com slash kfgames and enter code kfgames to save $3 on any new subscription. Not that long ago, and depending on where you live, not so far away, Loot Crate blasted off into a voyage across the galaxy, searching the far reaches of space to find universally awesome gear. Using December's Star Wars The Force Awakens loot as a launch pad, we landed on some equally cosmic items from Halo 5 and more. With an exclusive Funko Pop and an exclusive shirt in this month's crate, this is the loot you're looking for. Remember, you only have until the 19th at 9pm Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate, and when the cutoff happens that's it it's over so go to lootcrate.com slash kfgames and enter code kfgames to save three dollars on your new subscription today ladies and gentlemen welcome to the first ever episode 47 of the kind of funny games cast as always i'm tim gettys joined by the coolest dudes in video games colin moriarty and greg miller and today we are also joined by one of one half of the other coolest dudes in video games duo, Chris Waters from GameSpot.com. Hey guys, yeah. hey, how are you? Yeah. Oh, I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for coming to our home. It is my pleasure. Thank you for welcoming me in here. Please, it's a pleasure. What do you think? Uh, it's great. Uh, you guys, keep it keep it nice and clean. Which, yeah, you know, we try as a matter of course. That's Kevin. We do. It's Someone has to still clean the house. So. Yeah, yeah. This week is what I said. Tonight's yeah. my night. Yeah, we'll see. Tonight, gonna yeah. make it happen. Tonight yeah, I believe night. in you. Thank you for coming. Okay, that's enough. Sorry. We're gonna live it on up Thank you. in the sky. So, Virgin why, why are you here today? <laughs> I'm here on a book tour. <gasps> what? I wrote a book about video games. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. What's uh, the title? It's called The Gamer's Bucket List. 50, I'm doing this. 50 video games to play before you die. The lower third is risen. People before see it now. You, you can die. get it right now on Amazon. Links in the description. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. yeah. We're going to talk all about that in the second topic of oh, this show. That's we a shall. tease. In the yeah, business, we call that a tease. tease. First off, we got to get through a bunch of like just bookkeeping and stuff. Well, PSX. That, it's happening soon. PSX is happening. If yes. You're, when, if you're watching this or listening to this, if you're a patron, you're mm-hmm. listening one week before. If you're listening to this on a Monday or any day after that, you are listening to it the week of PlayStation Experience. It's here in San Francisco. December 5th is the day. Mm-hmm. That's Saturday. Mm-hmm. PSX is happening. They, Sony's got a whole bunch of cool stuff. Good for them. The big news. 5 p.m. Saturday, P.S. I Love You, XOXO. Come there. We're in the main stage, main theater. We're the only podcast there. Please come out and support us. We have a whole bunch of surprises and shenanigans ready to happen. Really? Shenanigans. You guys are oh, bringing yeah. shenanigans in, finally. Finally. You've been so restrained. All, these, all these stuffy suits in this thing. We're going to get in there and like Sean Layden will tear his scarf off and we'll tell him, this is our show now, Layden. Uh, and then, yeah, Jillian's. We have a kind of funny meet and greet in partner with Just Cause 3 at mm-hmm. Jillian's 8 o'clock on Saturday. All ages, free to get in, free food, bring money for booze. And 
you don't need a PSX ticket to get. No, if you're just bumming around San Francisco and you're in the for sure come, yeah. So everything's Saturday. To be clear, you you need a PSX ticket to get to the podcast. Not not, we had switched gears. We were talking about Jillian. Yeah, but it's it was it was unclear. If you're somebody who can't keep it straight in your head, like Kevin, yes, you need to come to PSX and see the podcast at PSX where I tear Sharn Laden's scarf off. Sharn, Sharn Laden, Sharn Laden. Oh, (laughs) Mashalili, Danny O'Dwyer getting in me. The spirit of the Irish. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Uh, yeah, PSX, you need a badge. Meet and greet, you don't. Yeah. It's impeccable, so right? So on point. <laughs> Two exclusive shirts. Two exclusive sold. shirts will be there. And they're good. They're very good. Limited quantities. We mm-hmm. will reveal them at the PSX panel mm-hmm. for PS I Love You. Thank you for saying that, because I was about to ruin this surprise, Greg. No, no surprises will I'm be happy ruined. I have, I didn't. But speaking of shirts, there's also a sale going on for Black Friday, which if you're listening to this, no, yeah, you'd be listening to this either on Friday or over the week that the sale is occurring. Oh, so it's a week-long It's a sale. week-long sale from Friday to Friday, gotcha. 10% off everything in the store, and the most important thing, we're bringing back all of the T-Shirt Tuesday exclusive shirts from the last year. Oh, neat. They're coming back, and there's a Let Tim Ho shirt, <gasps> which is this month's T-Shirt Tuesday, and I like it a lot. Are we putting that up on Tuesday? We're <laughs> just putting that up. Putting it up on Friday. Gotcha. It's at the wholesale, because I don't want to be messing with people. And mm. making, I want them to be able to order. Kindoffunny.com slash store. Is your self-esteem directly tied to the sales numbers of that shirt? Entirely. Is Portillo still the best-selling shirt we have, though? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That's where our self-esteem's at. Yeah. Fucking loaf of a dog getting more views and more sales. You're done. Yeah, so check it out. Kindoffunny.com slash store. So, yes, if you want this show early, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygamescast. Every week we talk about video games and stuff that we like. It's broken out topic by topic over on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. You know the drill by now. Let's get right into it. Topic one of the day. Star Wars Battlefront. Ooh. Who here has been playing it? Me. You? Yeah. You raised your hand. Yeah. Kevin's raising his hands. Chris is raising his Kevin, hand. Kevin, put your hand down. Colin is the only person in the room not so raising his your hand. Your only real experience with it was the Let's Play you did with Warren right. Scarpino. Right. Yes. Okay. I don't have anything okay. to say about it. Nothing to say. Nope. Nothing at all. <laughs> You've been watching Greg play it, though. Are you going to put me... That was funny. No, yeah, I was, no, pull, no, I was no, pulling no, you no, out of the conversation no, and I brought you back. Uh, you know, I did. I, my, my whole thing on it is I'm interested in that it's settling in a lower Metacritic score than I thought it was going to get. Mm. And uh, it seems like people like it, but also have complaints that it seems pretty shallow. It's not a very hardcore shooter. Um, but when I watch Greg play it, all I can think about is like, what a waste. This would have been an awesome single player game. Look at these look at these these models, look at these environments and the places they go and stuff I'm like what a fucking waste. That's the only thing I can think yeah. of. That's all I have to say. I'm out. Now so, Colin. So in, inherent in that though is part of you looking at it and saying, Holy crap, this looks awesome. Oh yeah. Because it looks amazing. you want it to be you just want it in that single player format. But yeah. yeah, that's the thing about this game. I was playing it this weekend uh when I was away with some friends and anyone who was in the room was just kind of watch. Yep. And like these are people who are not necessarily down with watching video games and they're like it just looks so damn good. Right. Yeah. yeah. Christine was watching me play last night while she was packing for this trip and she was looking over and she was just like this game's beautiful. Mm-hmm. This game is spectacularly pretty. The way the grass moves on indoor as you move around. Yeah. yeah. Authentic is the word that I I go to. Like okay. it, it feels so 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 Star Wars and I love yeah. that so much. The thing Colin that I want you to know is there is not like a campaign mode, but there is single player missions. Yeah, that I know, but that's not. But they're worth doing. The problem is I do wish that there was like a story that kind of brought you through the things and was it was a little bit more i wish there was more there but really it is just random missions as if you were playing them out of order and without any story or context but like they're fucking awesome the tutorial missions like the the endor chase and like the the x-wing i did the x-wing one last night i like that it's like hey all the fun shit that you want to do here you just get thrown right into it and the survival modes i haven't even played online at all yeah i've just done the single player stuff and i'm having a great time with it interesting it's definitely shallow it definitely is not uh super super deep shooter game like it's it's interesting to me that like it feels like uh 
uh, old school like PS2 era game, and the way that like the way that the weapon systems work, like a Battlefront and, like, game. Very <laughs> it, I mean, it does feel like a Battlefront game compared to a Battlefield game, which I thought it was going to be a little bit more updated feeling than mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Oh, so I wonder, uh, campaign wise, like obviously a single player campaign is a whole different undertaking. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different scope of the project. What if they had done something like Titanfall where they are using the maps that you see in the competitive multiplayer using sections there and just kind of like scripting some waves of enemies and like loosely tying it together along sort of a some kind of story uh, involving uh, an elite rebel uh, squad or, you know, a a specific (laughs) imperial detachment. Like, would that have done it for you? you think? Yeah, anything. It's just I don't like multiplayer games. So, I mean, it's just it's just my bias against against multiplayer. And I just see a, a studio as talented as Dice, obviously, with a lot of online bonafides making the game. Yeah, something that, you know, Titanfall, I mean, is another game that's clearly suffered uh, at at retail and in longevity because of its lack of single player functionality in terms of like something meaningful. I mean, just because you can play a game by yourself doesn't mean it has a campaign or something that's worth worth delving into i mean this is not the spirit of the game though so i understand that that you know that i'm looking for something that's not really there but what i had mentioned on colin and greg which i think would be fun and interesting and something that they maybe they'll consider doing is like now the assets exist now this engine's obviously running in this particular way in this particular universe why not let you know they're clearly gonna they already said they're gonna make more battle you know uh battlefronts so why not let dice continue to do that and and shift that shit off to another studio that can make that can take a lot of those assets and just make a single player campaign for the next game or whatever because it's it's I really feel like Battlefront is going to not benefit from having not having a, a, a robust campaign in the same way that people complain about Titanfall. Um, it's just that it's Star Wars, so it's going to sell 15 you know million copies or whatever and be totally fine. It's just, you know, I think there's more that could have been done here, especially considering the game isn't quite as deep as I expected it to be from anecdotally from what I've been hearing from people. Like th- those are the two things I hear is there's just not much meat on the bone and it's not very hardcore. You know, like it's a very casual kind of shooter, and and compared to some of the other shooters, people play like COD or something like that. So, but what's interesting is like, is that good enough, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, I'm, you know, I'm right there with you. I don't play multiplayer games, right? That's not really what I get into. I don't get into shooters all that much either. And like, it was I forget what trailer it was where we were watching. I was like, damn, that actually looks kind of interesting. And then I watched you guys do your let's play. I was like, damn, that looks fun. And then when it got here and I popped it in for me, and like, to I gotta I gotta pull back the curtain here. Like right now, we're recording this right before Thanksgiving, right? So I'd beaten, I'd platinum Fallout, and then it was like, I don't want to start Tomb Raider yet because I'm going away for Thanksgiving. So what do I? Oh yeah, Battlefront. Oh Battlefront's out great. And now it's just like, yeah, I pop in, I play a match, and then somebody needs me for something else, I go do something, or I sit there and like the night one, Kevin and I sat down and played. Like the hours melted away. I haven't had that experience in a while. Where Christine came out and tapped me on the shoulder, I'm like, yeah, what's up? She's like, I'm going to bed. I'm like what? What time is it? What are you talking about? I'm like, all right, cool. I'm like, I'll be in in a little bit. And then it was another. I just want you to know. It was another two hours before (laughs) Kevin and I were done because he wanted to get his jetpack. And it was just like classic Kevin. Oh, you got to get that jetpack. I'm missing it so bad from the beta. (laughs) Oh, it's the best. And that's the thing is like, it's just right now, it's that perfect level of like, it is is definitely a light, you know, first person shooter. It isn't, you know, getting in and trying to play Call of Duty or something online for me, which has been a turnoff. But this one is, I'm getting in, I'm competitive, I'm there, and I feel like I'm making progress and I'm having fun. And I'm just playing Deathmatch. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried any of that. Last night, Christine was watching. like, so when, do you, when does somebody become Vader? I'm like, ah, oh, it's a different mode. I don't even know. I'm just running around You're shooting stuff. You're not trying stuff, to fly right? X-Wings? No, I'm like just running around shooting stuff for now, having fun, trying to unlock that Han blaster everybody has. That's awesome. Well, I stick <laughs> there. But it's like... There's something it's easy enough to wrap your head around and get good at and go. Mm. Now, the thing about it is when I come back, maybe by the time this posts, am I still playing Battlefront? I don't know. You know what I mean? Have I moved on to something else or is it still that fun Bazooka Joe distraction, right? Of like, well, I got 30 minutes. Why not play a little bit? I think it's an interesting, occupying an interesting space because it is a big budget AAA shooter, right? And the other ones you see sort of in that space, your Halo, your Call of Duty, uh, you know, those games... 
Like, those games are intimidating to people, I think. Those games are, oh, man, like, what do you think of when you th- If you're someone who doesn't play m- multiplayer shooters a lot, you know, those have the strength of a campaign going for them. But in terms of, like, competitive play, in terms of a, sh- uh, a multiplayer shooter kind of pace and feel... I think that Battlefront casting the net wide is a great thing. Mm-hmm. I think that people who see these commercials of the X-Wing coming up outside of a building and like jumping out, like I think those people exist in the millions. Yeah. Like I have like maybe like 10% of my friends that I grew up playing with video games still actively play video games today. But a lot of them are really are like all of a sudden texting me about yep. this game, about That's, Battlefront. Same thing with me. My friend Poe, right, who doesn't own an, a current gen console, hit me up. He's like, so is this Battlefront game going to be awesome? Because he's a Star Wars fan and it looks mm-hmm. awesome and it's right there for him. And so, yeah, it is awesome for him. And I yeah. think that the, yeah, the visual spectacle, the fact that it is so Star Wars, the fact that it's backed by dice, like the, it just sounds incredible. And then also, you know, there are bullet tracers and stuff you can see in Battlefield, but seeing blaster fire, yeah. like that just gives like the fact that it's a neon line streaking across. It just gives the battlefield such a great feel. I think that it's I think that it's a success in a lot of ways. And uh, I've been having a good time with it. But, yeah, it's a good question. Am I going to be digging it in two weeks? I don't know. And that's the thing. And I, it's one of those I honestly don't have an answer for. I, 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 I would think, no, that I'll jump in and I'll go into Tomb Raider and then play more Assassin's Creed. and da, da. But I still I'm going to have those moments where it's like. I got 45 minutes. Like, what do I, you know, I'm not going to go and try to do something mm-hmm. in Tomb Raider. I could easily sit here and do mm-hmm. that. And it's it's fun because it's interesting, I should say, because like the night one when I was out there and you, you were talking to me about it, Colin, right? You, we were having this conversation about multiplayer shooters and how there's no story. And I was saying, well, you know, like I, I've always thought part of multiplayer shooters is taking these maps, these basic tools and making your own story, right? Of those moments you remember. And now as I go back to these maps for like the seventh, eighth, dozenth time, you know what I mean? It is that thing of like, oh, remember when I had that kill streak right over there? So if I run over, oh wait, and there's a guy who always hides over, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, getting those little mm-hmm. things of like, fuck, I'm, I'm enjoying this and like totally starting to love like these little things about yeah, it. That's cool, but that's not, the, the thing about, I mean, that is cool and I, I love watching these little vines people put up or these short videos of people I saw someone, I think it was Ryan Albert put up a video of Luke force pushing a snowtrooper right. into a TIE fighter, which I like that was flying by. I was like, that's fucking cool. I mean, there's that's a lot really of cool, cool. There's a lot of there's like <laughs> there's a lot of cool moments, but that like what you're saying is not unique to Battlefront. So that's 100 so no, no, I know that. That's yeah. not I mean, that's a unique thing to just any game you play online. So it's it's I'm curious as an outside observer. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I'm a, I'm a fucking massive Star Wars fan. Um, but I, as an outside observer who has no interest in playing this game, I'm interested in two things. I'm interested in seeing the legs on this game. The game's clearly going to sell, but uh, we saw a significant again. Titanfall is really the 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 ancillary to this in terms of a game that had no single player offerings that made people want to keep the game for a long period of time. And I know that people point at Call of Duty and they're like, "Well, who cares about the campaign?" Well, a lot of people do. When we had when we talked to the guys that I play the campaign in Call of Duty every year, I have for years. So it's like that's all I play. I don't care about anything else. So because it's like my I always say it's like my weekend action movie, and they're fucking finely made games. But when we talked to, to the guys at, from um, Sledgehammer at when we did GameStop Expo, mm-hmm. they were like, "Well, you'd be surprised like how many people are actually like you." Because I thought I was in the minority, and they're like, "Our statistics show that it's actually more than you think." Um, so I'm interested to see the legs of this game, um, and I'm also interested to see as a, as a side of that how people are already reacting very negatively to the the season pass. Um, not surprisingly, and a game that is seemingly somewhat shallow on the outside is going to be injected with a lot of content now. It's going to rub people the wrong way. So I'm interested to see how that all unfolds. But I'm also interested to see, now that the tech's there, the tech's been there. I mean, DICE is using you know familiar engine and stuff like that, but 
now that the, the like we said the universe is there and the, and the confines of the Star Wars universe are there how bulky will the next game be because they mm-hmm. they have a lot of shit that's done already and how much will they be able to expand expand now with episode 7 and, and Rogue One and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that yeah. they yeah, yeah. are able to inject in this game when the time comes so I'm as an outside observer I'm just interested to see how this does because this is clearly going to make a lot of money but is it going to win a lot of goodwill from the gamer in the long run because of its shallowness um, when there are more hardcore shooters out there because you look at Call of Duty uh, I have not played um the new Call of Duty yet in any substantial way. I did two videos for our site, but I, I have not sat down and played it. But it has a it has a campaign. It has zombies mode, which is going to be awesome, and and it is awesome for a lot of people. And then it has a whole online suite, and it's the same price. So it's like you know you have to yeah. And I mean, the shoot and the and the online component of Call of Duty is certainly sh- deeper. Just that section. Of yeah. It. So it's it's I can understand why people are a little upset or a little skeptical. And but what's interesting is it's back to the question of will they vote with their wallet. And, and it's also back to the financials of EA, right? They've got me, and on paper, I shouldn't give two shits about this game. I don't like multiplayer games, and Star Wars is fine. You know what I mean? Like, I, you guys were like, let's do, let's watch each movie and do a review. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to watch them again. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, I enjoy it. I like it fine. I'm not, like, a hater. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I'm into this game, imposed into this game, and your friends are asking you about this game. So it's like, if they bring those people in, then we get down to the fact of, like, yeah, what if then the people who are, like, complaining right now, it's not that deep, da-da, if they stick around. Think about how many people stuck around with Destiny when that was that was vanilla, right? Yeah. And not that they're the same thing. Obviously, there was customization in Destiny, this, that, and the other. I'm not saying exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. But if you get over that hump and you stick with it, maybe it works out. I don't know. Sure. I think there's a question here about, like, what keeps people engaged in a shooter? Is it a deep unlock tree? Is it uh, being able to prestige over and over again? Is it uh, hardcore mechanics, like something that you would see... I guess in a battlefield, you know, in terms of like the just the the interplay and the, the drastically different roles you can play within that game. Or is it like for so for Battlefront, what would its longevity look like? It would look like someone who has 30 minutes, 45 minutes one night just being like, look, I want to get in there. I want to blast somebody. I want to like get in an ATST for a hot minute and blast some people and get blown up and then be done. Like, I think this is like, but I, I'm immersed in this rich world of Star Wars. And I think that that is a value Add that we shouldn't discount in terms of people's ongoing satisfaction and enjoyment with the game. Like people are going to be hyped about Star Wars well through December, well into the new year. And even though it's, you know, the new new trilogy, still they're going to be coming back to that old like Star Wars feel sure. to mm-hmm. like have their lightsaber moment, you know, have that stuff. I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a little more longevity out of this than Titanfall just because of the Star Wars appeal. Yeah, I mean, the license, I think, is the most important part, and that's, I think, why it's so shallow yeah. of a product. The it, fact that so much attention was given to the little things and to yeah. the, the beams and to the music and to the like the look of everything that, like, each map needs to be exactly right, and it is. Yeah. You know, and, like, I think that that's where the, the DLC is going to come in and, like, give those people that the new little fresh, like, oh, cool. Another like, reason to jump in planet, and play for a week. Especially, yeah. like, they're releasing the Jakku or whatever planet in December. Right when people are going to be watching Force Awakens, seeing that planet for the first yeah. time, like people are going to be stoked. Yeah, it's you know for Titanfall, which was a hardcore shooter, right in terms of like the skill trees and this, that, and the other. Like for me, it w- I remember when I regen the first time, mm-hmm. and like it was such a turnoff to me. You know that it's prestiging or whatever, and you start back at zero, and then it's like all right to keep, to get to the next level to do this, you have to get like fifty shotgun kills and this that. And then I was like, I don't want to do this. Like I was progressing and making something. So like right now, I am set on getting to level fifteen, getting my jetpack, but more importantly being able to buy the head with the girl who has the ponytail. <laughs> That's what I want. I want out of the Stormtrooper helmet and this weird-ass helmet the Rebels have, and I want my ponytail bopping around. You know what I mean? Like, that's totally goofy and shallow and weird, but, like, at the end, when I have it where I 
I've unlocked the jetpack, the ponytail, whatever else I... Uh, the, are you talking no. about a Twilight here? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. The ponytail? <laughs> the wraps around? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's what you're talking about? No, like, it's just a totally normal girl ponytail. Okay. The crazy oh, heads are just, way later. Oh, way okay, later. Yeah, yeah. That, I just want like, a ponytail. That's like level 40. I'm like, yeah. that's deep. That's no, a no. deep investment. When Adam Kovic was here, we made we, we, we chose for both this. I'm just like some 55-year-old old lady running around the blaster, and I want her a ponytail. I love that they have these old people. Yeah, they've seen some shit, man, in the Empire. They gotta know what's up. Yeah, yeah I, I think. I mean, I think to the point you guys are making. I think that the game was. I don't want to say focus tested because we. I mean, I'm sure it was, but we. But it, it was definitely. It's definitely a lowest common denominator shooter, and I think that's what's going to. Uh, at least that's my impression of it. And I played. I mean, I played it for that time on a let's play. And I was way too good at it, considering that I'm not a multiplayer guy. So I'm like, yeah, this is. <laughs> this is. You know, I'm not saying I was great at it, but I'm like, I, I'm. I'm. This is not. Call of Duty didn't, sure. it feel, um, didn't feel good to be good. Though. Yeah, it, no, it did, and that's the thing. I think you're right <laughs> that this probably is a more casual game aimed at a more casual audience. It's not an insult. It's to say that. Yeah, this is probably what the, the void it's trying to fill, and I think it's going to fill it very successfully monetarily. Um, and we'll see, like, you know, Star Wars is definitely going to benefit from, um, you know, being part of the light guys for the next six years. So it's not like people are going to forget about it. And then it will have more legs than Titanfall, because Titanfall didn't sell very well. So it's it, it, this is certainly going to proliferate uh, more than that game. But, yeah, I, I'm just, I also understand people's reservations about it. And, and I, th- I do sure. think the season pass shit's getting a little out of control now. Um, and uh, people are going to speak with their wallet and buy these things, and that's great. But there is something unsavory about it. But It's the same way I felt about Batman. and And it's... You know, so I get people's complaints about it as well, but is it, it does it look fun and like kind of just uh, even if it's ephemeral, it still seems like something that's that's, you know, there I, it's fan service over the top fan service um, at the end of the day. I mean, the Battle of Hoth is fun, but I'm also like, why are Seen there a wings and tie interceptors here and shit? Like, what is going on here? You know, so it's it's a like, it's a little bit of one. No, I am definitely not. I guarantee you knowing Star Wars nerds like I do, I am not the only one that's wondering why. Why there's X-Wings fighting, you know, when we have snow speeders fighting because they're atmospheric craft. Snow speeders can't go into space, Kevin. So it's especially you know, when the TIE <laughs> fighters can just fly over the snow speeders yeah. and shoot them because the snow speeders can't go real high. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> so there, it is like it is like a, it's like something Colin would have made up when, you know, when I was, you know, eight years old and playing with my toys or my, my you know, my blocks and making these like that is what it is. And it's, that's it's, awesome. It is awesome. But at the same time, what I we've seen the Battle of Hoth so many times, you know, in 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 Rogue Squadron games and all that kind of stuff. It's like these are and, and going back to the PC games and we've seen these battles many times. So it's hard for me to say, like, I would like to do that again, but I'd like to do it again. And I would like to just do the ADATs and the snow speeders and just fucking have it out as opposed to this maelstrom of fucking nonsense that's basically going on <laughs> over the planet. It's like insane. It's completely insane. Vader's like running around. Luke's running around dressed as he's dressed. It looks like in Jedi. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh Don't goodness. we understand that, Kevin? He's I think he has his green lightsaber, which he didn't even build until Shadows of the Empire. Have you? How do you feel about the Emperor's move, his mobility? Have you seen this no. move? So his move like is like an angry a baby. dash. Well, yes. Yeah, so he's walking around. But he has a dash move that's like a psycho crusher. Like it's He's like M. Bison. He just twirls. Yeah. And like, but he's wearing a long cloak, so it like furls out all around him like he's doing some sort of pirouette. It's the silliest looking thing. I laugh every time I see it, but... Uh, it's kind of delightful. Well, he's, he's, he's down there fighting on the on Hoth. He doesn't have anything better. Yeah, to do, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's good for troop morale to see. Sure, the, oh, the he's, he's one of us. Dirty. Yeah. The one thing that I'm happy about, like talking about the casual thing, is I think that they nailed the getting people to the fun parts fast mm. and having them have it be pretty easy to understand and grasp and do cool shit. Like when you're flying the X-wing, it just makes sense. 
and you can you're like there's a in the tutorial missions there's like a canyon run thing you do and it's like you start getting ballsy and like trying to find little holes to squeeze through and like turn the ship and stuff and it's fun and um the same thing with the endor chase and like all the and you can just jump in and play as vader and or the emperor and just fuck shit up and it's like within five minutes of turning the game on you could play as vader if you want just fuck things up and understand how to do it and the controls are pretty simple well if you get so. lucky and grab the little blue ghost coin faster than your teammates do <laughs> well no no i'm talking about like in the oh in, in, the, the in a different mode yeah, yeah you totally can and it's like that's cool i like because i was worried that uh, you'd have to fucking level up and do all this right. other shit but, oh yeah yeah i yeah. had a fun battle between uh luke skywalker and boba fett there's a mode where you choose a hero and then you have like you play like one-on-one versus ai or versus your buddy and then you have like ai people accompanying you um you have your like squad you're fighting with of just rando the uh, soldiers and that's like kill confirmed in call of duty they drop tokens you have to pick them up but like we we're inside this hangar, and so, like, Boba Fett, obviously super mobile, jetpacking all around, but Luke is actually also quite mobile. He jumps really high, and it was just this, like, epic duel of Fett versus Skywalker, <laughs> like, trying to p- pin each other down, and, like, totally absurd, but uh, I, I don't know how, I don't know if I'm, gonna, like, that's going to be fun five times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun once. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a good point. And again, Luke never never even encountered Boba Fett, so I'm just saying. Non-canonical. Doesn't when, when he gets eaten by the pit, remember? And remember that Boba yeah, but, Fett, but, of course, was a clone who uh, wasn't programmed. Doesn't he reflect the bullet? Oh, right. Yeah, you're, I was going to say, I thought that was Han, though. Han. I heard that Han shot first, was it? Yeah, he did. Did you hear that Boba Fett there's is a, just a clone there's that a, is in program? <laughs> there is a trophy uh, in Super Star Wars uh, on PS4 and Vita um, for Han to shoot first at Greedo in the game. And, and then the parentheses says, yes, it's possible. And I don't think anyone has it yet. I was, I was That's awesome. See how it how it goes down. Yeah, no, I'm just always being facetious. There's yeah. a shoot first silver in uh, Battlefront for getting the first kill. I got it. Good. All right. So good. Yeah. Killed myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, you wrote a book. I wrote a book. What's it called? It's called The Gamer's Bucket List. <sighs> Where can people 50 get 50 video it? games to play before you die. Get it on Amazon at the link. Right it's in here, the description. Greg is gesturing to. Or you just go to it's, Amazon and you right search. There. It's there on Amazon, too. Uh, Yeah, it's in my Twitter profile as well, CT Waters. Uh, You can find the link there. It's it's a list book. Good. I love... There's two (laughs) things I love. Lists and video games, not books. I wasn't about to put books in there. This is two out of three, though. Yeah, so so we're good. Maybe open your eyes to Mm -hmm. some some book situation. This one I will. It's a list. (laughs) Yeah, so basically I like... I got this opportunity to write uh, this book through a publisher, and they were like, yeah, you're just going to have to pick 50 video games from all video games ever and make your list uh, based on sort of what parameters you wanted to. Did you say no problem, then hang up and go, oh, this is a huge problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we've all written lists uh, in our time. Once or twice. And like, so the key is to like, you have to like set your parameters. Like, what am I going to put in this book? So gotcha. the stuff that I wanted to put in was like, I wanted to write it in a way that, you know, you guys would read it and you'd read about Red Dead Redemption. And even though you've read, played that game, you've read so much about it, you'd read it and be like, yeah, that that game was really awesome. Yeah. But then also you pass it to your mom when you're home for Thanksgiving and she's like, uh, it's a cowboy game. You know, she reads like, <laughs> but she reads 300 words about it and she like kind of understands the experience. Like there's no, I steer away from like jargony terms. Like I didn't mention the word roguelike when I wrote about Spelunky, you know, like I wanted this to be super accessible because that's kind of the niche that it is. Like it's like 12 bucks, like Barnes and Noble's gonna like, it's the kind of thing that I imagine is put by a register and people are just like, oh, sure. My kid likes in. video games. Yeah. 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 And so I think that like, so it's that broad, it's a broad appeal kind of book. It's not, it's not a history lesson per se. It's not a sort of 
here are like the most significant games in history. And, you know, if there's a, a significantly awesome game and then the sequel is like a little bit more awesome, I'll choose the sequel. Mm-hmm. You know, so like so I, Uncharted 3 confirmed in the book. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's Uncharted 2. Damn yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the restrictions I put in there for myself, for my sanity was uh, about online connectivity because I wanted mm-hmm. people to be able to like I wanted it to be somewhat future proof. Obviously, any list book is kind of like immediately outdated in video game world, sure. uh, more or less. But like, uh, if the primary way that that like a game excels is online, I left it out. So like, no MMOs, no like Call of Duty and Battlefield are like, you know, even though they have some campaigns, like primarily like my enjoyment of those games has come from the online shooting multiplayer competition. So I left them off the list. Uh, but even still, it was hard to narrow it down. Yeah. So what were the parameters you set up other than online stuff? I just sat down and was like, what? Like if I was going to talk with someone about like the greatest games, what would I, what would I start with? And that was another thing, like taking ownership of like, I'm the author of this book. These are all my opinions. Yeah. There's no committee to vet this against. Yeah. Like (laughs) I am obsessed with Rocket League and have been since long. I'm going to put Rocket League in there because I also feel like I can back that as like one of the greatest sports games ever created. Uh, You know, and so just sort of like brainstorming coming up with you know a lot of them are like really popular titles but then there's some other ones that uh sort of you know go a little bit in different directions uh like i put her story in there because i think that that's like such a a fascinating way to like feel investigative like there's a lot of investigation in games but like if you're putting on detective mode and just looking for the highlighted thing you don't like feel like an investigator or it's la noir where i went down the list of every name till they were like, that's the name. I was like, yeah, it is. You're goddamn yeah. right it is. I'm I knew a detective. So I wanted to, you know, put that alongside Skyrim and Civilization V in terms of just like, you. here is the broad diversity of gaming sampled. Like, you read this book, you're going to see that there's just like so, so many awesome things about games. What were the controversial picks that you put on Well, I haven't like received a, the book is out now. It came out on Tuesday, the 24th, the physical copy. Uh, I haven't received a deluge yet of like, yet. why isn't that on there? Uh, but I did put my Twitter handle in the book, like reach out to me. Like, let's talk about stuff that's in there um, or not in there. Uh, I don't know if I, like I anticipate, okay, so I did, I was talking with uh, some of my former coworkers uh, on the reviews team at GameSpot, Kevin Van Orr, Tom McShay, Carolyn mm-hmm. Pettit. And I was like, I'm putting a God of War in there and they were like god of war 2 sounds great but i put god of war 3 nice much to their consternation uh but like i felt like you know that's that's a new con the, the next console generation the spectacle of that series is a lot uh, about it you know so like i ha- i was having these arguments with myself making it like okay what is the person on twitter gonna say what you know, <laughs> I when it. i talk to colin about it what is he gonna come <laughs> at me with like i cannot believe that you put such and such game on there uh so i did that to an extent but also had to be, just be like, look, this is going to be fun to read. It's going to be fun to read about great games. It's not comprehensive. That is impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what? What? I'm curious. I have a few questions. What is the oldest game on the list? The oldest game on the list is Tetris. Tetris. And what? What is the the platform distribution? Do, do you touch like everything from so Tetris? So like NES era through um, Genesis, Super Nintendo, and then all the way up to PS4 and Xbox One. Or is yeah. It- so there's. There's not a ton of Genesis Super Nintendo stuff. Like I also was kind of kind of had in mind uh like accessibility. Like, you know, not not every game I write about needs to be like downloadable from Steam or something like that, mm. but I wanted it to be kind of reasonably plausible that people were going to get access to it. So like I didn't put Dreamcast games on there, but that's also cuz I didn't I don't like personally have a ton of experience with Dreamcast. So 
that, that also rocket. sort of fed into it. Um, but yeah, there's like, you know, there's Super Mario World and there's uh, Super Metroid and Mega Man 2 from that era. Um, but then also, you know, stuff like Super Meat Boy. So like I'm looking at, you know, platformers like Sonic that I like really enjoyed on the Genesis when I was a kid. But like, all right, what was what was cool about that game? Like fast platforming and like Super Meat Boy does like precision, fast platforming incredibly well. That fills this niche really well. I don't need to, you know, I don't need to go into the past to pull something from that. Uh, I try to cover my bases. I had this like Excel spreadsheet with like all these different attributes and different columns listed about the games just to try to make sure uh, the, the the net was covered to, to some degree. Did you talk to anyone? Like, was it just you coming up with this or did you kind of go back and forth with some people? I came up with like maybe 80%. I've had the list and then I was like, oh crap, I only have a f- like 10 slots left. And so I started asking people, the my friends I mentioned earlier, I had some of my good friends who still do play games passionately, like what would you want to see on the list? Um, I didn't like take to Twitter and ask or anything, uh, but I did, you know, do research and peruse like, all right, what, you know, what games am I forgetting? What genres mm-hmm. am I mm-hmm. trying like not representing? Um, so yeah, it was mostly me, but I mean, and I made the final decision on all of it because all, what I had to submit to the publisher was the the table of contents and then 300 words on each game. And then they sort of populated the book with all these nice screenshots. I uh, was hoping to have a copy here today, but uh, there was some shipping, shipping goofs. God dang it. Goofs, goofs out there in the shipping verse. But um, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was really fun to kind of really? like yeah, because like I found myself writing about these games, and I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, let me write about like Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, mm-hmm. which is a game that like really moved me personally. But then write about you know Skyrim and like write writing about that game, and there's been so much said about it, you, so meant so many books, blogs, videos, whatever written about it. But writing about it again, it sort of resonated with me. Like, oh right, this is a game that. People take for granted as one of the best games Mm. ever, but like actually writing about why it is the best. Like I felt myself getting hyped for these Mm. games as I'm typing Mm. them up. And I like tried to put that into the writing too. Cause like, I want you to read this, a passage on a game and get hyped for it. Even if you know, you've played it before or if you've never heard of it. Good way to be. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any questions for (laughs) I mean, my, my, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I guess the, for, for me, when we were at IGN and we would do lists, it was always the thing I hated the most because mm-hmm. it would inevitably be us locked in a room. Colin and I would barter and trade down to get the list to where it is, and then we'd bring in other people, and they'd be like, what about this game? What about that game? What about-? And I guess the argument was always, well, we didn't play that, so we can't back it or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But like I said, when it's just your list, it's pretty easy. Yeah, when it's your <laughs> list, like the buck stops here. I, I didn't put this one on there because I had some reasons or because, oh, it just it just filled up. I don't know. You know, there's no sort of like, there's no consensus that needed to happen. Uh, and so I think that like, yeah, people are going to have fun seeing what I chose and they're also going to have fun uh, writing me on Twitter and being like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> is there a ranking to it or is it just 100? So... I wrote in the forward that, like, I chose 50, 50, (laughs) and, uh, like, narrowing that list down was hard enough. I could not rank top, like, like, 1 through 50. So I literally, I I chose Spelunky first, because that's, like, probably my all-time favorite That's what jumped in mind when you got the book? Like, Spelunky's on it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spelunky was, I was like, that has to be on there, because... You and Goldfarb. Spelunky's in. Uh, so I, I like I put that first and then literally Googled random like number randomizer and then randomize the rest of the list. Oh. And that's the order of the book. Uh, but yeah, there's like there's a extra little bells and whistles in there. There's a forward from Craig Schistimus from Screw Attack. We know uh, who we who I like collaborated with on it a little bit. And then um, 
there's like a list at the end of the book of all the games with like five stars and like rate it yourself. Keep track of the ones you've played. Oh, and that's really ones cool. You haven't played. There's a little history of gaming with some like Wikipedia facts and stuff like that in there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a fun little I think it's a fun little like gift book. It's a fun little holiday thing. Um, and it's just kind of a, a neat like like survey of like, yeah, like video games are really, really great. And I wanted it to, you know, be accessible to people as well. So how cool is it to know you're going to have a book in bookstores? It's uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I have some experience like I don't know if you guys know that I like my face is in Target a little bit. Oh, I've seen you. Have I've, you I've tweeted, <laughs> I think tweeted I, you some pictures. Some just like, have you guys seen this? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I just want, I just hear Chris's voice. I'm like, what the hell's happening? I look over and it's just like the little screens. It's like, oh. you should buy Wii U. And I'm like, okay. Should you? <laughs> I n- never said that. <laughs> uh, but like, so I have some experience of people like tweeting pictures of me in a store at me. But like, that's like a short video we did through GameSpot. But this is like, something that I made, this I wrote, yeah, I like yeah. totally, and like, I'm like reading through and it's like, yeah, I did a good job with this. And so, yeah, I'm super excited. Was <laughs> it hard really to exciting. balance your time? You know what I mean? Like we're, we're, we know the life of having a day, nine to five, and then coming home to work on a passion project. But ours is, was yelling at a camera and then like, we edited or whatever. I feel like a book and going back and forth with the publisher and doing all this different legwork and trying to pick your list. Did it like consume everything for a while? It did for a while. Yeah. It was actually a really short turnaround. I started at the beginning of August and I had to submit my draft by like Labor Day weekend. Oh, wow. So that's like five weeks I had. So I literally like in pen, I like penciled out a calendar and was like, okay. So like Tuesday night, I come home. Uh, we have to go to the grocery store. I can't work that night. Wednesday night, uh, like two, I can write two to three, uh, you know, and like I'm working with my wife to like clear up our schedule. Yeah, like yeah. I need this Saturday. I can write like, I can write like seven to nine, depending <laughs> on how it goes on Saturday. So it was, I had to rigorously schedule it. And I was talking with another friend of mine, Laura Parker, who's an author and writes for a bunch of outlets, the New York, New York or New York Times and stuff. And she was writing a book herself. And she was just like, how, like, how do you have any sort of, how do you marshal your thoughts? How do you start in on a book? It was a little easier because this is like a very clearly formatted. Like I can write one, I can get it done in a night and I can have that ticked off. I don't have to like structure a chapter yep, yep, or yep. something like that. So that definitely helped with the quick turnaround. But yeah, it consumed a lot of my life for a very brief amount of time. And then like, okay, now I'm just going to wait. Yeah. And then here's the final proof edit. Oh my God, I have to spend all weekend looking at this thing and fixing errors. Okay. And then it's gone. You're just going to wait to hear from us. And now it's sort of book tour, like, uh, go go around and promote it. Uh, and then well, I don't know what's going to happen after that. Where, where else <laughs> are you going on the Today Show? It seems like when people have books, they go on the Today Show. I feel like I should get some, you know, some CBS leverage here. But right? games, but, it's se- <laughs> but it's like a separate thing. It's separate from the work endeavor. Uh, you know, like you guys know, uh, personal projects sometimes have yep. to be. Uh, so I did another podcast with some friends, uh, Video Game Apocalypse, last night. Going to go on some more podcasts in the coming weeks. Cool. So, uh Yeah. The gamer's bucket list. It's yeah. exciting. And the link's in the below. Definitely check it out. Oh, you're putting the graphic rack up too. Yeah. Can you do that, Kevin? Kevin I love the graphic uh, the hand gestures. Yeah. yeah. It just slides on in. And thank you guys for having me on to talk about it. Really oh my gosh. It. Congratulations. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, it's huge news. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. I'm excited to look at it. I really do love lists. So I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to break it down. I can't wait to hear it. I disagree yeah. with you because that's, that's <laughs> the best part of that's this. That's going to happen. Yeah. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this topic brought to you by tipsyelves.com. If you need. A holiday sweater, an ugly Christmas sweater. You should definitely go there, Kevin. Sweater me. Oh Lord Almighty! All right, so this sweater. Only they, Kevin they would mess up tossing in a sweater. <laughs> Only Kevin would mess up tossing oh in a God, sweater, Kevin. and then almost tear it apart. Oh God! Can you do something with that, Kevin? So this is the one that they sent Nick. 
No, no, this is Greg. Greg Miller. I get to wear this you thing. You get the Santa, the, the sexy, centaur, sexy Santa centaur. Get that oh, six pack. Thank you. So that's yours. Should I put it on? Then, no. Just hold just, it up. Just hold it. People know the red yeah. hooves are a nice touch. Yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> this this one here is Nick's the Felice Navi dog, <laughs> which might be my favorite. Can you hold this, Chris? Damn, that seemed real genuine. Good work. Kevin was <laughs> definitely amused. Genuine. It was like legit. So, he is, legit cracked him up. He didn't see Colin's, it until now. Colin's amazing Ninja Turtle style gingerbread cookies. These <laughs> are heavy, yeah. like, thick sweaters. Real sweaters. Yeah. <laughs> Here's nice. my beautiful, beautiful reindeers getting it on shirt. <laughs> so me. So me. So yeah, if you want these shirts or a way bunch of other ones, you should go to tipsyelves.com. You can get 20% off the entire site if you use the code kind of funny games. It's going to be a good time for everybody. They have a whole bunch of stuff. They have like college, like collegiate shirts and stuff too. They also have like themes. What does that mean? Like, I don't like know. Mizzou like Mizzou shirts? Yeah. Can I get a Mizzou shirt there? I don't know about Mizzou, but like there's definitely like college shirts. You should check it out. They no longer be wearing Mizzou shit anymore. Um, a lot of people are. <laughs> so yeah, students are. We're, we're bringing it, we're taking it back. Shark Tank. Oh, Tipsy oh cool. Yeah. I so, love Shark Tank. I'm go out. check them out. out. Tipsyelves.com. Use the pro, promo code kind of funny games. It'll be fun. Let me know what you buy. Did they did out. they succeed on Shark Tank? Is this are we by promoting these, are we kind of promoting Mr. Wonderful? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Feels good, Shark Tank, doesn't it? Shark no, Tank's a good show. Oh, Shark Tank's great. I've seen it's the Mark Cuban is on there yeah. and he tells people about how much money he wants to give them or yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. It's a wonderful show. I'll give you ten thousand dollars <laughs> for five percent of your business. <laughs> All right, third topic of the day. I want us to predict the Game Awards winners. All right. Greg Miller. Yeah. Yeah, before we even get into the topic, if it's still yeah, we time, don't know which no, it should be. Yeah. Okay. They'll be good. No matter when you're listening to this, you should still be able to vote. I mean, if it's voting up until. Mm. Try to vote for me. Yeah. Go to thegameawards.com, click on nominees, click on trending gamer, and if you can still vote for me, vote for me there. Go you to get- the library. If anyone is still logged in, vote for him there. <laughs> yeah. Go to your mom's house. You vote by hashtag TGA Greg Miller or going on their site and then clicking this and going to their Facebook wall. I don't understand Facebook. And remember, other hashtags include TGA Greg Miller's ego mm-hmm. and you TGA can- PewDiePie. Is lo- no, don't <laughs> do the PewDiePie. The PewDiePie one is detrimental to what we're doing. Yeah. But you're welcome to do TGA Greg Miller and then in a separate in addition, hashtag. TGA Greg Miller's ego. <laughs> so what I wanted to do, I thought it'd be fun. The the Game Awards are coming on either tomorrow, if you're listening to this as the breakout, or next week, if you're listening to this on Patreon. I wanted to go through each of the different categories, go through the nominees, and kind of say who we think's going to win. So Not I, who we think should win. Okay, so we're predicting we what will really win, win the category. Gotcha. Yes. And uh, so the, the, the upfront here is nominees for the Game Awards are selected by a jury of 31 international media. In some cases, the juries provided advanced review code of upcoming games in order to meet the Game Awards judging deadlines. Games must have been commercially released by Tuesday, November 24th to be eligible for awards. Esports nominees were voted on by an uh, advisory panel consisting of esports, media, insights. Yes. No to one. <laughs> um, so the people voting on it is this like collection of high ups at all the different you know, game and journalism companies. Talmadge Blevins is on this he panel. Is. He ben is. Ben Howard of GameSpot. And Howard of GameSpot. Ben Howard. Oh, Ben Howard. I thought you said Ben Howard. <laughs> Just this and dude Howard, Howard of GameSpot. <laughs> <laughs> this guy Howard we have around. Yeah. He's got opinions. <laughs> um, so it's cool. Got a couple of our friends doing some stuff there. Uh, let's start big. Game of the year. Oh, we're starting with the, the oh, granddaddy yeah. Yeah, of yeah, them yeah. all. The only way to go. Give me bro. the nominees, Tim. Bloodborne. Fallout 4. 
Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pain, <laughs> Super Mario Maker, oh. and The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. So see, this is tr- this tricky order-wise because you want because the way that these awards have worked in the past, if something wins in one category, it's like not going to sweep necessarily. I feel like they part of their their voting ethos is like, well, if we give this one, you know, best action adventure, then let's not give a game of the year. We've still honored it, yeah. But we can give something else. Game yeah, of yeah, the we year. give somebody else. I think it's Metal Gear. Yeah, I think it's Metal Gear because then I can see them not giving Metal Gear like the random ass other things. Fallout. And your winner for random ass say, other thing. I'm going to say Fallout 4. See, here's my thing. My dilemma is I think it'll be Super Mario Maker. I agree. And I think it's going to be because Fallout and Metal Gear are going to knock each are going to divide the votes and then the, your Nintendo diehards will go through with Nintendo. Yes. We agree. Good yeah, job. we agree. Someone chronicle these Maker. guesses. <laughs> Tally them down. Someone okay. Tom Hawkins. <laughs> Put De- these on the boards, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Developer of the year. Bethesda Game Studios. CD Projekt Red. From Software. Kojima Productions. Yeah, right. Nintendo. It's got to be CD Projekt. I think it's going to be CD Projekt as yeah, well. Yeah, I agree. Just because they really impressed. Free uh, no DLC. One, no, no one knew that they were capable. Yeah. Of Great game. Free DLC. Th- mm-hmm. They were the first thank you letter this year to fans and their mm-hmm. game and all this stuff. Like, I definitely think that that's where you honor them. I think. I mean, I, I think all that's good, but I really do think it's it's so much simpler. It's like that they delivered a game. No one knew that they they could. They were capable of making. It's the same thing I always say about Techland with Dying Light. Like no one knew that they could make this game. Yep. You know. So it's. I think. I think they win by almost by default. Even with The Witcher Two being so great, the stuff that they were promising in The Witcher Three, just like, oh my god, it's going to be this big. And then, I, do you remember the sensation you got? Like, I don't know. I didn't play it much before release at all, but like. People who would play it would come back and would have that look in their eyes of like, holy shit, like they did, that. they did it. This like Polish dude, damn. Yeah, it's damn. really it's really cool. It's, there's a Eastern European like Renaissance in games right now. It's really really cool to watch with with Metro and with Witcher and with Dying Light and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of games coming out of there that are like really good. Mm-hmm. Best independent game, Axiom Verge, gets Nick's vote for sure. Of course, her story. Ori in the Blind Forest. Which isn't an independent game. Rocket League. Oh. Undertale. It's gotta be Rocket League, but yeah. I, I but I think but I, I'm like what is their I'm curious about their criteria for this. Microsoft published Ori. That's not a that's not a that's not an independent game. But, the but if it's an independent developer that yeah, they but, publish from But then Tomb Raider is an independent game. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that yeah. like that. I'm with you, I'm just saying. Um I, I'm with you, Rocket League. I think Rocket yeah, League is going to square square bullish. Rocket League sense. might be my personal game of the year, I, and I think it's going to win game of the years for sure. Yeah, I've said I've said that too. That's a I mean I've been I've been like like a lot of, like I know you guys like it. I've been beating the drum of that game for a long time. Where I'm like this game's really going to fucking blow people away, and yep. I legit think that game's going to win game of the year from like big outlets for sure. Um, yeah, I would say Rocket League out of that list. That's a great list of games though. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ori was also one of my favorite. That's like the first Metroidvania I ever like 100 percented, and I oh, think wow. it's because of the the movement. And it just felt good to go around and backtrack and stuff like that. I just like, oh, I liked it. But I just, I just hate it's, it's what just to that topic though, not to, to belabor the point, but it reminds me of like back in the day at IGN, we used to have conversations about, well, we used to give like downloadable game of the year, right? Yeah, yeah. And then we were just like, well, it's just a game. And with the same thing with independent games, it's like, why are we stigmatizing them basically as independent games? Especially when I, I will contend that one of those games is decidedly not independent. Yeah, I mean, um, I think they're just doing it to make sure, like, to give these guys an award. It's just downloadable small game of the year. Yeah, that was, just, yeah, yeah. Like, that'd be a better really, way. Small studio that you. Small I really think game that like games, like a few of those games, can go head to head with the games that you listed in game of the year. But I'd what's what is Undertale? I don't know if I know what that is. So Undertale is like a, it's kind of a JRPG or an RPG uh, kind of looking thing. It's um, looks it's. 
it looks like it's a, a Shining Force or an early Final Fantasy in terms of the viewpoint. Uh, but the thing is, you like in your monster, it's very it has modern sensibilities. It doesn't. It's not like I don't know if it's set in the modern day, but like when you meet a monster, you can like try to like figure out what the deal is with this monster, and like they have weird personality stuff going on, and you can like exp- like you can beat the game or get through conflicts by you know fighting and doing weird attacks or by like having conversations and. It has this very subversive feel to it that takes a lot of these sort of RPG genre staples and just like makes it as if someone uh, wrote it in like, uh, I don't know, wrote it off of some some very sort of modern, uh, my words are failing me, but like. This is why you're a writer. Yeah. These books I haven't actually now. played it myself. Uh, <laughs> you're doing like, a great job because we all would have yeah. gone, I don't know what it is. <laughs> but yeah, that's, it, that's why it's been gaining a lot of attention is because it's a sort of creative and subversive take on an RPG. Mm. Best mobile slash handheld game. Downwell. Don't know what that is. Do you? Oh, yeah. I've been playing Downwell a bunch. Is this mobile? Is it one of your touchy-touch games? Yeah, yeah. Get out of here, you know. You hold it vertically, and basically your dude is always falling down a well. You can move left or right, and you can, like, you can uh, arrest your descent by shooting, uh, or you can just keep plummeting, and there's just various enemies that you kind of try to get through, and there's power-ups you can get along the way, but, you know, and every time you start, you start anew. Uh, Twitch kind of thing. Uh, really challenging, but kind of cool. Hmm. I like wake it a me lot. when it's on Vita and has a platinum trophy. Oh God! <laughs> Fallout Shelter, Lara Croft Go, Monster Hunter Four Ultimate, and Pac Man Two Fifty Six. What a terrible fucking list! They they ignore all of the all these awesome three DS and Vita games that came out this year for this nonsense. Danganronpa, another episode. <laughs> Next. Right in. So it's gonna be Fallout Shelter. Yeah, because yeah, everyone I mean, played Fallout Shelter. Yeah. yeah, I played Lovecraft Go and it's cool, but it's it's like it never really reached the like challenge that I wanted it to. Sure. I agree. Like, it was always like almost awesome. Uh, Pac-Man 256, I think is fucking great. Did any of you play that Didn't at all? Play it. It's super cool. It's just Pac-Man, but like on is it on Vita. It's like Crossy it's Road Pac-Man, right? Yeah, and it's just insane. The visuals Where's are Dragon crazy. Fins? It's like a rave. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Fallout Shelter is the the winner there. Uh, best narrative: Her Story, Life is Strange. Tales from the Borderlands, The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt, or Until Dawn. Life is Strange will win. You think so? Yeah. Tales from the Borderlands is a, is a critic darling as well, though. I, I think, think Life is Strange being, uh, being new IP is going to... Like, I think Tales from the Borderlands is going to be a little hurt by the fact that it takes place it's in Borderlands, the Borderlands yeah, universe, yeah, yeah. which... And it was funny, but was it a great narrative? Was it a great story? Yeah, yeah, yeah I see the argument. Wait, Do you think so Until Dawn gets a chance? I, no. I think it's, Unfortunately I think, not. I think it's... I think... I, I'm saying... The winner will either be her story or uh, Life is Strange. Because Life hmm. is Strange is definitely one people love as well. I'm gonna before we give our answer for that one. I I'm gonna skip. My I'm gonna skip ahead a bit. What? To there was a topic called Games for Change. The fuck does that mean? Sabell. Yep. Her story. Life is Strange. Sunset or Undertale. What does that mean, though? What is a life? Well, I'm assuming it means like they didn't want to say social justice games. Yeah. They made a step forward. Yeah, yeah. but they, yeah, I don't, I don't know. So do you games think that would affect the story one? You know, like would maybe her story, Life is Strange, win this? I, no, because I mean, if if we're reading into change correctly, then I, if we're with if I'm going down your argument road and we're reading into the change correctly, then change is Life is Strange. Her story would be story. Okay. Or narrative, is that what it was? You, yeah, best narrative. That's you don't think that Witcher with, 3 will get it? No. Because with her story and with Until Dawn, I feel like maybe it's not it's not so much the narrative as like the narrative structure, like the narrative mechanics and the way it unfolds, mm-hmm. sure. as opposed to like 
if you were to just sit down and read the story of it, yeah. is it cool? But, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's all tied up in that. Yeah, I agree with that. Until, until Dawn's one of my favorite games of the year by far. Um, but it's not because of the nature. It's not. It's the nature of the story, but not the the substance of the story. It's it's very tropey. I mean, that's the idea of the game. Four so. bitch. Uh, so I think, yeah. Thanks, Emily. Um, <laughs> what a fantastic game. But yeah, I don't think it's it's the nature. It's not like fucking Children of the Corn or Rosemary's Baby or something where it's like a really brilliant horror story. It's it's as tropey and teen horror as it gets. So I think mm-hmm. it was. I think Chris is right. I think that it doesn't win any points on that. I think it wins like the uniqueness points. I think it's probably the most unique game I've played this year. And when you're talking about story, I mean, Witcher is a great game, but like we always talk about, it's super dense. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Once you get Siri, what is the, what is happening? What is going on? Anymore? I forgot what he, I, I played that game so long doing nothing in that game. Like just doing side quests. I don't even know what the fuck the game's about anymore. I mean, that's <laughs> that. like, so I, I don't know if I have, I forgot what I was even supposed to be doing after a while. Like, I feel I don't like even for know like volume on. of narrative, because there's so many cool little side stories sure. about little creatures and people in towns and stuff, and they all like have a spark of life to them in a way that like other open world ge- narrative games like don't necessarily have. But yeah, again, like in terms of kind of like a, a cohesive narrative experience, maybe it's not that. Yeah, it's all definitely. Right, so it, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, ahead. just final say. Life is strange or her story. I'm gonna go life is strange. For what? What is what are we talking Best about? Narrative. Best narrative. I would narrative. say life I would say life is strange. Yeah, I'll go life is strange. I didn't play the game, but I just know people are like crazy about uh is her, we're what is her story yeah. in the games for change category as well. That one doesn't make sense for me. I'm gonna go, I don't know what that means. I'm gonna go life is strange for that one and then her story for this one. Okay, cool. Yeah. Best art direction. Batman Arkham Knight, Bloodborne, Metal Gear Solid Five, Ori in the Blind Forest, The Witcher Three. Ori. Ori. All those games don't have. I, I don't see that. I don't see what's super special about the art direction in any of those games. They have beautiful art. Bloodborne looks like a prettier Dark Souls and a goth. It looks like a Castlevania yeah. game. I mean, I love the way the game looks. I think that you know, Witcher obviously really set a bar very high. That's why I always say Fallout Four is a game made in a vacuum. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, it's like there's no excuses for it mm-hmm. to look like Fallout Four anymore. But um, I think Ori wins. I think Ori. I do think Metal Gear Solid Five has a very defined art direction in terms of camera work and. And all that stuff that I put think puts it. But in is that lead. what they mean? Because camera, it was camera well, art direction. I don't know. That's cinematography is an art. Is Bloodborne in any other categories? It was, in it game, was of game of the year, right? I don't think I it's going to be game of the year. So I think they want to give Bloodborne an award. So I think this might be Bloodborne for art direction. Yeah, mm-hmm. I right. think that that like I don't know. I've actually like someone in the office has been playing the expansion and just like the creature design in there. Like it does sure. feel like. Like it does feel distinct to me from the the Souls proper games, and it does feel just like every scene in that just like drips with this like this style. I don't know. I like it's it. I mean I I definitely was super you know I wasn't a huge fan of Demon Souls or Dark Souls, and when I got Bloodborne, I expected more of the same, and it, it did put its hooks into me because I, as I was saying, it's it's faster. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a little t- a tinge of arcadiness in it that made me want to play it more. I want I like fast moving games, um, and uh, I will say that the game is the most beautiful Castlevania game I've ever seen before. And if Konami didn't have its head so far of its ass, it would go to a studio like From Software and be like, can you do this, you know, for for our, for one of our great IPs? Because it is such a beautiful, gothic, eerie game. And when you look around, just look around that city and stuff, I'm like, this is a Castlevania game. And this is a, this is a Castlevania game begging to be fucking made. Um, so I do agree with you that it has a great style, but I don't... But Ori, when I think about Ori, I just see, like, uh, you know, art direction, like the the... the Essence film of, yeah, it's I don't know. It's a, that's a tough one, but I, I agree with you. It's it's a pretty nebulous question. Best score slash soundtrack: Fallout Four, Halo Five, Metal Gear Solid Five, Ori in the Blind Forest, Witcher Three, Metal Gear. F- that fucking Kajagoo's in that shit. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the weird thing. That's the only and one Kim really Wild. with like, the license stuff going on. 
I think because of the license stuff, I'd give it to Metal Gear. But if it's just score, I'd give yeah. it to Halo. What, what's the one right before Halo? Fallout. Yeah. Fuck. Fallout has some weird, I've noticed, like, just weird 80s sensibilities. I, I, I can't almost explain it where. Huh. Where... It's I don't even know how to explain. It. I can hear in my head like the the weird chimes and like when you see an eighties horror movie or something like that. It's like very ambient music that just like comes and goes like very quickly. Um, they do that in, in like Fallout all the time, and it reminds me of watching like a like a thriller in the eighties mm-hmm. or something like that. I don't know like well, I can't explain it any more than that. Maybe I'll try to capture it or something next time I see it. But if they if they are including soundtrack, I mean it's got to be Metal Gear because that soundtrack is really yeah. Cool. See, I, I'm going Halo Five because I don't see them giving Halo other stuff, and I I do think that. Halo Halo has always been a game that is scored moment to moment. Like there's songs scored specifically for levels and for moments and stuff. Whereas Metal Gear, I mean, five, some of the other games have distinctive themes and stuff. Five, I think, just has the freaking cigar song. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Halo is what it's great. I, I love it, it but I think I Halo's Halo's I'm going Metal Gear. Yeah. Yeah. Best performance. Ashley Birch as Chloe, Chloe Price. Chloe from uh, Life is Life Strange. Is Strange. Camilla Lundington as Tomb Laura Raider. Croft. Doug Cockle as Geralt. Oh, Geralt. Geralt. No, Witcher. Witcher. Yeah. Hard G. Mark Hamill as the Joker in Batman Arkham Knight. And Viva Seyfert in her story. Fuck. Ooh. Life is strange. See, I would th- the, I, the Hamill one's a curveball. But you have to wonder how many people are going to vote for him and how many people are going to be like, come on. Yeah. Are we really... I mean, I mean, we need to think about who the people are voting for this. Tao. You know? what, what tao they're, not, they're not voting for... For Mark Hamill, I yeah. don't think. Then, it, then, it's, think then it's, it's Ashley. It's like yeah. it's Life is Strange. Okay, then it's Games for Change. Then I don't what do you know. think? Tomb Raider, like, is does Tomb Raider appear on? I'm, I'm coming back to that logic of oh, yeah, what is they want to tip the nod yeah. to Tomb Raider or something like and that. And Tomb Raider is like falling off a commercial cliff right now, so I wonder if they do want to um, bring some notice to it or whatever. A game that's going to be that's getting cr- a critical darling that's just not selling. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if they do want to try to give it a nod. I feel so bad for Crystal. I'll just reiterate that I feel really bad for them. But I feel like Ashley Birch is some someone that people want to get behind. It sucks, you know. Yeah, yeah. They put that game up yeah. to die. I I think that's a strong call. Although I do think that like the fact that her story is just the actual actress, uh, the novelty of that, yeah, uh, could carry the day. So I'm gonna go with that one. Okay. Okay. Best shooter: Call of Duty Black Ops Three, Destiny: The Taken King, Halo Five, Splatoon, or Star Wars Battlefront. Destiny. Yeah, I say Destiny as well. I don't think it's. The story cut and dry, right? but it's one of those for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, you talk about critics, like all of our friends in our echo chamber are talking about it, and we're on it. And like, this has made so many improvements from Destiny. This is what I wanted from Destiny Vanilla. Right, and here we right. are. I get really choked up, man. And this Destiny didn't come together, but then it did. And it's what we <laughs> wanted, man. Yeah, I'm down with the Taken King. That mm-hmm. like revitalized that in a way that almost tempted me back in. Almost. Almost. <laughs> Best action adventure game: Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Batman Arkham Knight, Metal Gear Solid 5, or in the Blind Forest, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Metal Gear. Metal Gear. This is where you give Metal Gear its yep. due. Oh, show. Rise of the Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. Rise. Although I... Tomb Raider, rise. Uh, again, we're just guessing what we think is going to win. I'm yeah. Not, you know, I, I didn't even play Metal Gear, so... Best role-playing game. Go. Bloodborne. Fallout. Wait, what is it? What is it? Multiplayer? Role-playing. Role oh, role-playing. Okay, I'm sorry. Bloodborne. Fallout 4. Pillars of Eternity. The Witcher 3, Undertale. This is where Bloodborne wins. Really? Yeah. Over Fallout? Yeah. Because I think Fallout's going to win Game of the Year. So, oh. yeah, this this seems to make the most sense. I wouldn't call it a role-playing game, really, but yeah. I, I think this is this is where 
It's got role playing sensibility. So does Madden. So it's it's not it's an action game. Um, I'm voting, yeah, that's fa- what they're going to call it. I'm, gonna I'm voting Fallout here. Fallout. Or I'm going for The Witcher Three. Mm. I think that role playing. Uh, you're playing that role of Geralt. Oh, it's super literal, but like I I do think that that kind of uh, the the narrative heaviness of that over something like uh, Bloodborne and then uh, Fallout. I feel like. I don't know. I think something about putting, you know, being able to play it first person with a gun in front of you will make people not think role playing. Mm. Best fighting game. Guilty Gear Third Sign. Mortal Kombat X. Rise of Incarnates. Rising Thunder. Mortal Kombat X, I'll say. I don't know. Yeah, it's gonna be, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I think the best the best fight I mean people fight, Guilty Gear is a very Guilty hard Guilty Gear is a very hardcore hard fighting like, game. I don't um, even know what the other I think two Mortal, are. that's the thing. I think uh, it'll work against you. But like Mortal, Mortal Kombat will probably win. Is one of those isn't like Seth Killian's new thing, right? That's not even out yet. Right? No, that's not that's, out yet. Okay, yeah, Mortal Kombat. Best family game: Disney Infinity Three, Lego Dimensions, Skylanders, Superchargers, Splatoon, or Mario Maker. Splatoon. Mm, you don't think they'll put Mario Maker here? No, I think it's Mario Maker unless Mario Maker wins. I think overall. it's Lego. I think that the way they did the Toys for Life stuff with the Lego integration and just having all the different properties mixed in there is. Is like kid catnip. I'm mm-hmm. saying Splatoon. Yeah, Splatoon I think, I, seems like a safe one. Yeah, I think that if you saw anything that going on with with Dan Reichert and Patrick Klepek or whatever with Mario Maker, it's not a kid's game, is it? Well, it's making, <laughs> but it could. It's making grown men want to kill themselves. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Fueling blood feuds <laughs> across the nation. Did you watch him like finish the Clipocalypse or whatever it was? No, yesterday. I, no. Oh, he did. It, I, I just watched. I watched the gifs that he, he retweets, and that's enough for me. They're great, man. I fucking love watching that shit. Best sports slash racing game. All right. Rocket League. FIFA, Forza Motorsport 6, NBA 2K16, Pro Evolution Soccer, Rocket League. Rocket League. Rocket League. Although I think NBA will win. So I'm, I'm, I think Rocket League is the best. I'm going to say NBA will win. Wait, that game so is extraordinary. I think I voted for Rocket League for best like in, independent thing. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm, no. That was a category earlier, right? It did come yeah, up earlier. It was yeah. yeah. independent. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so- it was... Best yeah, it was because that was the game. that was the one that Colin was all. Oh, it was it was uh, independent. You're right. You're right. Up mm-hmm. about the Ori part. Mm-hmm. So it's FIFA, Madden, and NBA. What was the other one? It's Forza, Forza, and Evolution Soccer. Yeah. Oh, was FIFA, was FIFA and Pro Evo? FIFA and Pro Evo. Oh, yeah. I think NBA. I think that that's that's a series that like really. I don't know. It, like perennially at GameSpot conversations, we not not a ton of us are like sports game players, yeah. but it's like you look at that game. It's like how could you possibly make a better basketball game? I don't know. I'm holding strong with Rocket League. Most anticipated game: Horizon Zero Dawn, No Man's Sky, Quantum Break, The Last Guardian, Uncharted Four. No Man's Sky will win. Horizon's the right answer, but No Man's Sky is. The... I'm gonna say Uncharted. Uncharted. Uncharted 4 is like it feels closer. I think No Man's Sky is a little tired in terms of anticipation. Like people been on that anticipation tip for a while. I think that that, that they will want to make a new anticipation kind of target. I think Horizon. Mm. Horizon looks fucking awesome. Oh my god, doesn't it look yeah. so awesome? Yeah, it really does. All right, I'm just going to read this one and I'm going to let Greg Miller, whoever wants to to add shit into it, <laughs> esports player of the year. Kenny Kenny S Shrub who plays Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Lee Faker, Sang-Hyuk, who plays League. Aloof, Aloof Meister Kajabjer, who plays Counter-Strike. 
Peter PPD Dagger, who plays Dota 2. That guy. And Syed Sumal, Sumal with an I, with a number one as an I. Sumail. Hassan Sumail, who plays Dota 2. Oh, I'm voting that dude. Sumail? He's like a 16-year-old kid. He won the international with Evil Geniuses. And he was like, uh, I don't know, people were super stoked about that. I'm going with Sumail. He just said a bunch of words that are also written down, so. He knows. I'm with him. Do you watch esports? No. Okay. I watched the international, though, because yeah. I was like, all right. This I need to like time for me to get boned up yeah, on what this right? is. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I was t- I got totally into it because it was just, really yeah. Just like I think the broadcast like level was enough that it allowed me like it did what a good broadcast does. It like makes it accessible to like I was watching the noob stream a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and it was like okay, they're explaining it in some basic terms. Some of the stuff's going over my head. That's okay. I can get a loose handle on the action and see what's going on. I can supplement it by like asking a coworker. And, like, if I don't pay attention for 10 minutes and I come back and, like, I, I watch some more, like, that's okay, too. Like, you know, it was kind of, like, able to be that kind of casual sports-esque viewing experience for me mm-hmm. because of the sort of uh, – and also the continuity of it year or, like, over weeks, you know, you could sort of get an idea of a team's momentum. And that, like, gave me just, like, a toehold in terms of conception of the broader context. Yeah. Nice. I don't understand it at all, but I do think it's cool that they're You're one of them nerds awarding these people. Mm. Uh, and there's also eSports Team of the Year. Who we have no insight. Yeah, the Bulls. no idea. Evil geniuses. Okay, they're on the list. Fnatic, fine, that's Optic fine Gaming, me. SK Telecom, oh, Gaming and Team Solomid. Yeah, I know. I've heard of them. Esports Game of the Year. We got Call Dota. of Duty: Advanced Warfare, Counter Strike: Global Offensive, Dota 2, Hearthstone, and League of Legends. Dota League. Ooh. Yeah, if they've if they're given awards to Dota 2 for those teams, as I'm confident they are. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think League's a good call, because way more people play League, people like I think, League. than Dota. Is that right? You don't know. You have no idea. I don't even acknowledge that these Here's games Here's my really anecdotal exist. evidence. I made a Dota... <laughs> we had a trivia night at PAX Prime that I ran, and we had a, a Dota question. And, like, afterwards, like, 50% of the teams that came up were like, why don't you ask us about League, huh? No one plays Dota. Yeah, and, like, sure. so there we, we, C- we were Fox. in Seattle. So, yeah, anecdotally... Way more people. I, <laughs> I'm one of the uh, I'm one of the old men that refuses to believe anything's happening around them right now with this stuff. So it's just like I'm going down with the ship, Kevin. You understand what I'm saying? That's gonna be a long, going slow d- descent. I'm ready. I'm <laughs> standing on the on on the starboard side, Kevin, waiting for this ship to crash. But it probably never crashed. We're always gonna have single player games, right? On consoles. Remember when consoles were gonna die? That was the thing that was gonna happen at one time. Remember when mobile gaming was gonna kill everything? Uh, <laughs> Trending gamer. We got our boy, Total Biscuit, Christopher Monte Cristo Mickles, who I don't know who he is. I probably should. Do you? No. Okay. But we don't want to promote the competition. No, we should look into these people. Greg Miller. Yeah. Markiplier, who I'm a big fan of, and PewDiePie. Now, for the record, we like all these guys that we know. Who yes. do I think is going to win? Why? I heard course. news today that Greg is murdering everyone right but now. Here's the I, thing. I, 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 want, I want to let you know that like you're apparently murdering. I'm everyone. aware of the you're murdering the Donald going Trump on. Of that fucking, but this is that very group. much. I, no one can take their foot off the fucking gas because at again, any moment, oh, yeah. any of those motherfuckers confirmed, except for maybe Chris, just because I don't know who he is, he might be able to. Can just be like. Vote for me. Exactly. And it's over. It's fucked. over. That's the problem. I'm gonna, Last night, somebody tweeted at me, and he's like, oh, man, you're doing great. You have 56% of the vote. Closest behind you. And then he added Total Biscuit. Oh, game. No. I'm like, don't tell him. Don't tell him. <laughs> he's a very busy man. If he doesn't know, it's like, they don't, you know, don't worry about I'm gonna it. Say, I'm going to say PewDiePie is going to win, but I think that I'm pulling for my boy Greg, obviously. Me too. You know, I'm pulling Hashtag for my boy Greg. I don't, want Greg, Greg to get, I don't want Greg to get his hopes up. I, my hopes and are I also not don't up. Want, and I also want to jinx you. 
Because I think that the numbers might indicate that you might win. And, well, and, and, and again, so, Total Biscuit's right behind me. He's the guy who won last year. So that's the concern. Mm. Also, I like Total Biscuit. I've been on his podcast. Yeah. Do you think he would win two years in a row? Yeah. Well, the vote is this, the vote. So this, this is the fan one. You're, you're talking about some engineering here, and it, I appreciate it. But <laughs> if the critics were voting on this, there's not a shot in hell of Greg Miller winning. <laughs> <laughs> you me? I've made enemies left and right. <laughs> Your association awesome. with me alone would lose you the, uh, would lose you the vote. <laughs> I'm really, really interested in this, and I'm pulling for you so hard. I, I think this would be fucking so awesome yeah, if you won We're going to put it right there. Remember what it. you were going to do if you win. No, I see that was a what joke. What is it? What is it? I said, <laughs> for well, two, Colin said he'd give me $2,000. Well, for, it went that I said I'd get up and say 9-11 was an inside job. <laughs> and Colin's like, I'll give you $2,000 cash if you do that. But I, I immediately said no. I immediately said no. And my dad is waiting <laughs> on the wings. My father is a New York City firefighter. All right? And I'm still telling you, <laughs> if Jeff, you need to go up there and Jeff say Keely that. If Jeff Keeley is listening, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to disqualify me or throw out my votes. That is not going to happen. Oh, man, that is so great. Miller winning that is going to be an inside job. <laughs> $3,000. Oh, it's going up. Final final one. Best fan creation. Uh, we got GTA 5 Targets the Hoodoo op- by Hoodoo Operator. Real GTA by Corridor Digital. Oh. Portal Stories, Mel, by Prism Studios. Super Mario Maker e-reader levels by Bad Boy 78 slash they call me shaky. Twitch plays Dark Souls, the Twitch community. This is cool. I the like Dark Souls this... one was really cool. That's the only one I really know. So. I like yeah, I this is a thing. Name. And the e-reader levels are cool. Like it's... some guy in Mario Maker remade all of the... Remember the e-reader mm-hmm. on the GBA and had all those like exclusive Mario 3 levels? They, like remade it. was it. obnoxious. It was. That but whole idea great levels obnoxious. though. I hated that. So that's cool. It says reader right in the title. What the hell? <laughs> I'm going to... I, I like... want Corridor Digital to win because that real GTA video was on another fucking level. Yeah, I feel like it's got to... I feel like GTA... That like community of people generating content out of that has been so felt felt pretty strong this whole year. I think GTA has to get a nod here. Yeah, I don't know what the targets thing is by Hoodoo Operator, but I'm just gonna go with the quarter one because I like them. Hoodoo cool. Operator. We'll see how right we are. How many, go vote for how many hashtag Colin was right tweets will we have to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Use the goddamn hashtag. You guys are getting a little lackadaisical out there. I don't like it. Your boy Colin M predicted Fallout 4 to a T. Did he not, Kevin? Did he yeah, not? He Let's never forget that. Let's right? never your boy, forget. Your boy, called, your boy Colin M called Rocket League a year out. A year out. Let's not forget. Yeah, I'm wrong about a lot of shit, but we don't have to worry about any of that. <laughs> There's no hashtag for that. Colin. <laughs> what would it well, even be? Colin, I can't, I, can't, I can't recall. Who said that Tomb Raider's sales were going to get cannibalized by Fallout? Oh, me. Your boy Colin M. But that was an easy one. <laughs> But that was, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying, Kevin. That was an easy one. That was as obvious as as the fucking sky is blue and the day is long. Tomb Raider was gonna suffer mightily because of Fallout 4. But what are you gonna do? You know, something you do about it. Yeah, when it comes on PS4, it's gonna be fun. Probably not. Probably no one's probably gonna care there either. To be honest with you. But that's the, I'm gonna, I want to reiterate. I really feel bad. I I rarely feel bad for developers. I really feel bad for Crystal. Could you imagine them looking at it? Like Microsoft hasn't said a fucking goddamn thing about that game's sales. Did you see the like the, the yeah. joke tweet that someone? I forgot who said this, but they're like, "Wow, it's crazy." The embargo for the review of Tomb Raider's a year out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, that, that, that is funny. funny. I feel I feel bad for them because imagine that game is getting critical acclaim across the board, and it's just the nature of when it came out. And we had Aaron Greenberg on the on the podcast, this podcast, and he had some great explanations as to why they can't move it, and I appreciate that, but. That game was sent to die, and I feel I don't feel bad for Square because I'm sure there was a lot of money made in the deal, but I feel really bad for for. Chris Do we Lee. have American numbers or those? We're not going to get we're not going to get American numbers till next month, and and then we're going to have to the NPD game that you have to play is is a tough game. 
because, and it's a fun game. I'm obsessed with it. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> completely obsessed with the NPD. It goes Mega Man 2, NPD. Yeah, NPD. Mega, Mega Man 3. I've been obsessed Excuse with NPD me. for years. Like, and we used to get real numbers and, 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 and that, you know, that's kind of stopped. And Nintendo's really the only one that reports the numbers, which I respect. I respect that they say exactly what they sold. Um, even though, and they, and we was getting tanked and like, they're still saying, and I, I think that's really cool, but we will have to figure out like, say Tomb Raider's like number five, right? Next month. And then you have the numbers for number three. And then you're like, okay, it can't be any higher than this. But then number 10 is Rock Band or whatever, and it's sold this many copies. And you're like, so it's got to be somewhere in there somewhere. But then it's only in the United States and the Xbox One strongest here. So then you have to kind of extrapolate those numbers. It's a whole There's NeoGAF threads dedicated to this that go down the rabbit hole so fucking far that you're like, it's... It's awesome. I read all. I, I I go. I like to sit in bed for hours and I just read the, people's charts and their conspiracy. Was theories. that it's what awesome. that like glow and like acrid smell yeah, and like yeah. light chanting was yeah, all about yeah, in the back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like your NPD altar. It is. I love. I love sales data. I, I I love that in the UK and in Japan they report data and they don't report data here numerically. And also NPD is becoming useless anyway. Like that the. the it's not accounting for retail sales and all that kind of stuff. Then you have to guess about retail. There was a whole fight about halos. So, you know, people got mad at me on the Facebook for. Uh, our Facebook fan page because I said Halo's launch was soft and I'm like, but it, but it was compared to Halo four and Halo three and Halo two, you know, but we are just anecdotally figuring the show. We don't really know because then, because then Microsoft releases stuff being like, it's the most played game today on Xbox. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? People like, how many played ca- 2.8 billion hours like, of Halo Jesus. in the first week of release. God, like could, there's there's could someone just week. say what the fuck a game sold, please. <laughs> For your boy, Colin M, can they just release some sales numbers? <laughs> You're in rare form, Colin M. Just send me a text. Just a number. That's all I need. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. I'm not going to get into it anymore. Fuck as it. always, the last topic is brought to you by the Kind of Funny Forums. Go to kindoffunny.com slash gamescasttopic to leave a post about what you want us to answer on this beautiful, beautiful show for all the beautiful, beautiful kids. The big, the beautiful, big beautiful, beautiful kids, kids, as we call them during the extra life. The extra life uh. Valiant villain <laughs> says, "Hey, gentlemen, my question today is this: Do you think you'll play video games forever? With the rise of VR and mobile, gaming seems to be headed in a different direction. With big series like Metal Gear and Witcher coming to an end, gaming stepping into a new age, and one I seem to be slowly narrowing my interest in. Oh, so no. again, I ask: Will you be a gamer forever? Yes, yes, yes." I mean, that's my biggest concern. Why I want to die young is that I don't want to get to the point where I can't use the controller, keep my fingers up, or move. Dude, around, by that I mean? point, there's going to be like other controller inputs are going to be there. Sure, yeah. that's the, yeah. that's what I'm holding it's out be for. Fine. Remember when we played? Remember when we played Infamous Second Son using our eyes? Yeah, I do remember that actually. That was really weird, wasn't it? Yeah, and that was just a te- that was just a test Sony was doing, but it was cool. Like you could you could replace the right left analog. the left analog stick with uh with your eyes by like looking at the screen something like that. And it was oh, really wait, no, cool. it would be right. no, it would be yeah, it was right, you're right, you're right. right. You're fucking me up. Weird. Well, you hesitated, and then I said it, and you know I don't know my light from my, my right from my left. You don't know a lot. Mm. I'll uh, tell you that story. I was once driving, and I'm driving, and Poe's shotgun, and Poe goes, all right, make a left here, whatever it was, and I did this on the wheel, <laughs> and he goes, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> we were like, we were college students. Yeah. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Um, I want to, re- I, I will always be a gamer. I will always play the games that we grew up with and that we're playing now. Uh I don't agree that the the nature of gaming is changing. Like I, I I think that it was I was I was fearful that it was, and that was what I was kidding around before about going down with the ship because I'm not gonna this mobile free to play race to the bottom fucking garbage. I'm not playing that stuff. And uh, what we've seen this generation is I'm sorry is a renaissance in console sales. And what we were talking about before was that you know PlayStation Four at about 30 million shipped more than that now because the numbers were reported September 30th. 
uh, is about to pass N64 after two years on the market. Its its next target is Super Nintendo and Genesis. It's like pretty incredible how quickly it's selling and Atari 2600. Um, and then slowly it's going to be 50 and then 60 and then 70. And then, I mean, this the console's not going to stop. Xbox One and uh, PS4 combined are selling 60% better than their predecessors at this point in the, on the market. So um, so I do think that it's not going to stop anytime soon. Uh, and I think VR is going to have more hardcore sensibilities. I think what people are afraid about with VR is that it's also going to have non-gaming implications, which I think is going to help proliferate it. So tourism, Absolutely. I know? think the non-gaming implications are going to be how VR gets into people's homes and how people yep. like, get their fire lit about VR. I mean, like, you know, like so many production companies in Hollywood are already working on VR stuff just because... The applications beyond gaming are really going to be the thing that makes that thing catch on. I think that gaming is cha- like gaming is broadening, and I think that the console sales speak to that. Like, there's a broader market of people who are like, "Yeah, spend money on a console," but then there's also people who are not paying a dime and they're playing free to play stuff and they're playing on their phone. And I think that it's just going to continue, you know, evolving. And the games that we see now, we're going to see a lot of those in 50 years, but we're also going to see a lot of different stuff, and mm-hmm. it's going to be friggin' cool. Yeah, I'm really interested. I'm never going to stop playing games, but at the same time, I think me playing games, I've already stopped. Like, I feel like I hit that point where things just aren't the same anymore. Like, I grew up being in love with these things and, like, them all being these fresh new experiences. And I feel like it's been a really long time since I've been, like, I before it was my life playing the games. Now, I just, my life is the games, and I like the games, but playing them is not so much the my de facto standard of what i need to do and i hope that that changes but i don't see it changing well yeah you're, think- the parameters of your life change as you grow older the your job situation your family situation your living situation all this changes and gaming i think there's so many different ways for gaming to adapt to that you know like yeah like i like did i beat the witcher 3 no is it like one of my mm-hmm. favorite games of the year yeah am i ever gonna beat another open world adventure game in my life very possible I will not. I mean, just because the like the trend on those things is like you got to put 200 hours into it. Am I going to play another 200 matches of Rocket League? Probably. But, you know, like that's all going to depend on what kind of time I have available. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that there, yeah, there's a gaming is articulated enough that you can fit it in if you want to. And so, you know, if you, if, as long as you're getting the kind of satisfaction, you're finding the kind of satisfaction you like from games. There's no reason to stop. Yeah, definitely. Can't stop. Won't, Won't stop. stop. Xavi Alonso says, hey, guys, I was wondering, what was that special game that made you love a genre that you weren't too fond of? For me, it was Lunar Silver Star Story Complete mm. oh, on wow. PS1. First JRPG that hooked me till the end. The love the game. shows. Keep up the good work. It's a fantastic game. Um, That's a fantastic game, man. Working Designs back in the late 90s was doing work, dude, like to get some of these games over. And, it's right and, there in the title. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. It, it, you know, Lunar Star, Silver Star Story and, and Eternal Blue, whatever. These are games that we never dreamed we were going to get in that in that in that form. Uh, especially because of their heritage on Sega systems, so it's uh, that's a great example of a game that they get people into JRPGs. Um, I want to say that Medal of Honor, the original Medal of Honor, is probably the game that got me into shooters. I'm a huge shooter fan now. I don't play them online, but I like playing single player shooters a lot, and I have a soft spot for Resistance, uh, mm. and uh, I have a soft spot for Singularity, and and even third person shooters like Vanquish. And uh, I wasn't a shooter guy. I was a role playing game and an action and a side scrolling guy. When we went growing up in the late '80s, early '90s, and into the '90s, and uh, was a huge into them. My PS one was like my, my fucking RPG machine. Um, and when I played medal of honor, I'm like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. This is a really, really, really awesome. And it made me appreciate shooters and, and made me want to play them. Um, so I would say that that's probably the example. That's still a really special game. Yeah. I'm gonna go with fire emblem because up until then I was like, I like platformers. I liked, you know, light RPGs like Pokemon and stuff like that. And even fall fantasy. 
Um, but I'd never really gotten into the strategy stuff at all. And it wasn't until Melee when I found out Marth and Roy were characters from a franchise I didn't even know about. I was like, I like these characters. They're the ones I use. I want to know what game they're from. And I started playing and I was just like, holy shit, this is a whole type of game I didn't even know existed. And then since then, there's, you know, I played a whole bunch of dabbling Final Fantasy Tactics and Tactics Ogre and all that stuff. Classic and, games. And uh, it's cool. I, that genre is so amazing. And it's probably one of my favorite types of gameplay that I didn't even know existed until a couple years ago. Yeah, we don't get many of them anymore either, which is a shame. Valkyria Chronicles coming to PS4, which is, uh, yeah! which, is, which, is which is huge. And that's going to be the next <laughs> the next big one we get, I think. Uh, for me, Advance Wars. I was not a fan of like turn-based strategy like that or whatever. And I just never found a game that clicked for me. I tried different things. In, uh, that was a PC thing, too, for a long, long time. But Advance Wars on DS, man, that was it. Or no. Game Boy Advance. Thank you. Sorry. I think I might have ended up playing again on my DS. Uh, game Boy Advance, that was... I mean, I that, I remember being downstairs with the light on, trying to get the more light on the screen to play to see where it's at in the fog of war and all that shit. That was awesome. I can't say that it like particularly ignited a lasting passion for RTSs, but when I played Comet Crash on PlayStation Three, I got so so into it. It was this, yeah, it was this like one screen, you know, that you don't scroll around the map. You like. You're basically a floating spaceship and you're building structures that automatically generate units that will just automatically stream towards the enemy. So it was like it was part RTS and part uh, like it was more like tower defense and tower offense. So you would build your generators and you would also build your your defensive turrets in a way that would create a maze for the other units to go through and. Uh, I just got so, so into that game. A couple coworkers of mine did as well. And so, you know, that's, there's nothing like having a coworker next to you in their desk and like to like get you fired up about a game. Yeah. Because you can play with them. They're right there. Uh, Comet Crash. Yeah, that was that was a fascinating game. That's a, that's a deep cut. I appreciate that you even know that game because a lot of people, a lot of people just. I knew you would like that one. Colin. Yeah. <laughs> I love PSN. That's your boy, Colin M. I, I, love, I, love, I love PSN deep cuts more than anything in this world. <laughs> Chrono206 says, what are the chances for a Ninja Gaiden collection slash Ninja Gaiden 4 announcement? Thanks, and keep up the good work. Do you have any insight into this, Colin? No, it's minimal, I think. I think that, um, well, he's talking about Ninja Gaiden, like the reimagining of Ninja Gaiden. I think Uh, it would have happened. I mean, we already kind of did get the the re-release on last gen. Yeah, and Sigma games and all that kind of stuff were coming out. And and the the thing about Ninja Gaiden that I think, you know, about the Xbox Ninja Gaiden games were that... People really loved that first one. It was brutally hard. I mean, that, that game was really good. Um, but I don't think that there was a lot of diminishing returns, I think, with that series for a lot of people. And I, I think, think it was that, just up to three. Yeah, yeah, well, people I, love two. Yeah, people like two. But I think that it reminds me of Devil May Cry a little bit, where I think that people, um, or even Animusha, where I think people are like, all right, like we don't really need this anymore. Of course, we do need more Animusha. But um, <laughs> yes. but I, I think that what I would like to see Tecmo do with that IP is go back to the originals, because... Um, Ninja Gaiden 1, 2, and 3 on NES are, like, really exceptional games. They're, they're a mixture of Mega Man and Castlevania, basically, and their mechanics. They're very fast games, though. Um, but, you know, the sub-weapon, up-y kind of thing, like, to, to use your sub-weapons. It's a very Castlevania game. It's very inspired by that, but it's more inspired by Mega Man in terms of its stage layout and stuff like that. And it's brutally fucking hard. Um, and I would, lo- I mean, so that was always been Ninja Gaiden's uh, hallmark is the difficulty. The first Ninja Gaiden game is fucking really hard. These are really hard games. Um, and I'd love to see them like go back similar to what Capcom did with Mega Man 9 and 10 and go back and make those games again um, to like do something a little simpler, a little cheaper. They can probably make a game like that for a million dollars or less. So it's um, I'd prefer to see them do something like that. I don't think you're going to see much more Ninja Gaiden. You saw a little bit of a renaissance with it on Vita, actually, but um, 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. You I don't can't think ever count out a a name like that that has some kind of cachet in video game mm. history, right? Just because of the fiendish love for nostalgia that runs through the whole industry. Mm. But I do think that they will have to do something like Tomb Raider esque. Like there'll have to be some kind of rebooting element to it. It'll have to take some kind of modern form that takes you know. The, the challenge and the nimbleness of you know Ryu Hayabusa and then uh, and yeah makes makes it a maybe it's a platformer two D platformer maybe it's a open world game I don't know whatever it, there had, they need some strong game design gimmick and then attach the name to it. It, it's the name is not going to lead that development. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the conundrum is. I mean, it reminds me a little bit of Strider, um, where they they made that you know Capcom put out that that yeah. Strider almost two point five. HD Castle or Metroidvania kind of game. And I, I actually thought it was like really underrated. I thought that game was fucking awesome. Um, I think that you need to go back to its core and then figure out what made it good to begin with mm-hmm. um, and then go from there. I'm with you though, in, in the sense that Tecmo Koei doesn't really need to do this because it, it reminds me a little bit of Valve to a much lesser degree. We were talking about Half Life 3 and like the imperative of doing it. Like, there's no reason for them to make that game. They will, but there's no reason for them to actually do it. And I think with Tecmo Koei, they found some money makers in Dead or Alive. They found money makers even in the Atelier games and stuff like that where it's like you don't need to take too many risks this isn't a huge publisher yeah. to make a game like ninja guide and to make it viable like they don't really when you think about it they don't really make triple a games anymore mm-hmm. like real you know if you don't count them as so games and stuff like that which i don't i don't i think they're a games but i don't think omega force makes triple a games um you have to wonder the viability of even a studio a company like that investing the money because to make it to make a proper ninja guide game that, that this person's probably envisioning would cost 30 40 million dollars maybe so it's it's you know, it's not a cheap investment. Yeah, I, I mean, I actually I disagree with you guys. I think that there is definitely a chance of us getting more because I think that there is like a hole for that type of game that we're not really getting so much in this generation. Like, there's Bloodborne and there's stuff like that, but that's different than oh, way different than the, I would, than I would, the I like the Devil May Cries and and those things and like this generation and like the Bayonettas and stuff. And when you're looking at like the PS4 and Xbox One, there's not enough. Like, there isn't too much for those hardcore motherfuckers. Sure, I wouldn't be surprised if sometime we saw an announcement. I don't think it'd be a Tomb Raider-esque reboot, but at least like a reboot of the Xbox franchise with Platinum. Sure, but remember to that point, you could be right, but remember that the trends in these kinds of games, Bayonetta 2 wouldn't have happened if it wasn't on the Nintendo console that no one else wanted it. Sega didn't want it. The, you know, uh, if you look at games um, like DMC, like uh, Ninja Theory is not going to do another DMC game. They could have very easily. It didn't sell that well. They re-released Devil May Cry 4 HD. I don't think it did that well. They're exploring games like Darksiders, which is more of a Zelda-esque game, but still a third-person action game you're right but i I don't i don't know if it's gonna be a ninja guy game i wouldn't mind seeing it i like ryo hayabusa or ryu (laughs) lone desk 42 says hi guys what do you think of the positives and what do you think are the positives and negatives about backwards compatibility for the xbox one i don't know if there's many negatives there's no negative for the consumer yeah there's a lot of negatives for the publishers um and there's and these They've are robbed them of all their hd remake stuff yeah that and remastered I, I think it's also had it's got blowback on sony now because um well a studio like we talk about mass effect right it, there's gotta be a mass effect trilogy hd 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 re-released on ps4 for in time for andromeda yet there's no need for that on xbox so does 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 ea put in the work to release that only on playstation they're like cutting their audience in half. I think the optics of it is really bad, actually, um, for them to even fuck with that. It makes it, it, it put Microsoft. That's why I think that that was the biggest announcement in E3, because that really fucking put Sony on the ropes in terms of what they're doing with with Gaikai and PlayStation now and stuff like that. And and 
didn't show tone deafness, but showed a pretty shrewd changing of strategy on Microsoft's mm-hmm. part that they're actually going to sacrifice the the dollars they can get from HD remakes by making Xbox Live. Basically I wonder how much that available. actually would affect sales, though. Like just like the fact that you could play the old one on it. Would that really affect an HD version of those games being made? And like, the well, they're already in HD. That? So that's what I'm saying. The the yeah, I do like because definitive could, edition or whatever. But you could get maybe I mean, if you can get Mass Effect one, two, and three for $30 combined on Xbox Live, or you can buy them for $60 on Xbox One on a disc like that. I mean, that, that's going to look bad. But I mean, if there's like added stuff and it's like, you know, the definitive edition, and it's more, I don't know. All the Personally, DLC and the I'd want the that other. stuff. Like, I, always, I would like, too, but, now, but I mean, you it. can predict is, is pretty pretty easily how that's going to go down, you know, I think. But, but I mean, I think it's like also just the ease of use of how people buy games. Like, yeah, the people that are like real thrifty motherfuckers are like, well, I could buy it like this. But the majority of people are just going to see the $60 game on the storefront and be like, oh, I want that. Yeah. Yeah. It'll definitely distract some, but I don't think it'll distract a majority. Um, let's see. Let's end on this one. A chatty says, Hey guys, every once in a while I'll see a games journalist tweet a link to an article on a competitor's site. I don't quite understand why someone would want to drive traffic to a competitor's site, especially if their outlet has already posted an article about the topic. Can you talk about the strange competition between gaming media sites or maybe the lack thereof? Thanks and keep up the fantastic work. Thought this was an interesting one to have with you on the show. I work for a games media website. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like speaking personally, if I am tweeting something from a competitor site, uh, it's because I mean I don't. Maybe to my uh, employer's chagrin, I don't necessarily scour to be like, do we have this version of the site? I mean, if it's a news article, yeah. But if it's like if it's a feature, mm-hmm. and then we're not going to have that feature on our site, and so I'm going to link to that to that site because I find it interesting and because like. For me, it's about, and for I think of a lot of my coworkers, it's about just like being kind of a well-rounded uh, like consumer of media. Like I, you know, I tweet GameSpot stuff a lot, but I don't want to be only tweeting GameSpot stuff. I want to be perceived as I am a, a, a an omnivore of you know games media coverage. I do check out other sites, I do follow other links, and I'm interested, you know, where interesting content is. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna show the stuff that I do and the stuff that my coworkers do that I think is cool, but. I'm definitely also like down with sharing stuff that you guys do and other people do that is interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, honestly, I think it's definitely just the generation we're in now of it all, right? Of like, I think the walls and the barriers have fallen away. Like now it very much is everybody's people. I remember when I started at IGN and like we hated GameSpot and GameSpot hated us. And like Brad Shoemaker and I'll joke around about it now, how like they weren't supposed to talk to us at events and like we'd be next to each other and we wouldn't say anything to, you know what I mean? And like now Brad's a friend and he's super cool and it's like, Mm -hmm. man, that was weird that when we started it was so old school that it was like for real, Jets and Sharks kind of shit. Like, don't react. It was you know odd, I mean? yeah. I but like every yeah. And speaking of Jets and Sharks, I totally anytime I see like IGN people yeah. on the street, I like to pull this move. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Just really fun. Exactly. And so now, <laughs> but now it's one of those things where I think we, it like the industry is like there's the site and then there's you and like mm-hmm. you're the fact that you go and hang out with all these people who work at different places and you want to support your friends and everybody moves around too. The business is very incestuous now. It's incestuous. Yeah. Yeah. And I also <laughs> think you know people people you know not to not to you know, go too far into it or whatever. People, one of the people that I really admire is Jason Schreier at Kotaku. Um, and I think he does great work. I think Gawker overall is shit. And I mean, and, I, and I've said that, I've said that pretty openly. Like, I think that that site lack or that that body of, of sites lacks scruples. I think that they are going way overboard with the way they attack people. They, they you know, they out people and they do all sorts of fucked up shit. But that doesn't reflect the way I feel about Jason's work. You know what I mean? I think Jason and Patrick over there are doing great work and I, I'm friends with them and I link to their stuff. So you can have an intellectually honest conversation about like, I think Gawker is garbage. 
But I don't think Kotaku's garbage, and I don't think the people that work there are garbage. I think that they're some of the best people in the industry. And so you have to look at things like selectively and find the people that you trust in your life. It doesn't necessarily mean you endorse the outlet, and it doesn't mean necessarily that you endorse everyone that works there. When I, when I worked at IGN, I was my opinions run very par- very you know uh, not parallel to many people's at my site, and I, they still let me write and still let me say what I needed to say, and I still do those things to this day. So. I think it's part of being intellectually honest is finding the people that you like and, and linking to those things and the pertinent stories. When someone breaks a big scoop, it might be easiest to go to your site and then link out to the citation of that. But maybe it's better yeah. and, and more honest <clears throat> to link to the original source. So that's that's the kind of stuff that I, you know, that's kind of how I feel about it anyway. Yeah, I'm a big fan of just supporting people. So it's like any way you can actually support the individuals. I think that's a good thing. And like when 99% of this stuff is just the exact same news story said by 10 different people in slightly different ways. It's like it doesn't matter. But whenever someone does a creative feature, or not even creative, just a feature that I'm like, oh, this is interesting for whatever reason. I like sharing that stuff. And even when it's like videos and things, like I had a different experience because I was in the video team at IGN. But like it got really weird sometimes when – the instead of our competitors being GameSpot, it was our competitors being YouTube. And like, if I post, like, I got pulled aside sometimes for just like, oh, I like, why are you promoting this YouTube channel? It's like this has nothing to do with what we're doing. Right, right, right. But then that was like old school kind of. Yep. That was the old school of the new school. Like, there's been phases, you know, and like the people now waking up to now people right get now. it. Now yeah. people are like, oh. This is the era of collaboration. This is the era of everybody kind of like being friends with each other because that's how people kind of grow. And if you're not doing that, if you're being a dick and you're just like, what I say is all that matters, your shit's not good, or I'm not even going to talk about your stuff, you're going to fall behind and you're not going to go anywhere. Like it's, I think, very important for you to support the people that are you think are doing cool things in your area of expertise because like yeah. that's what is going to make you grow and that's going to make th- those people look at you in a different way. Like today, um, BuzzFeed put out this the start of their new like 12 part series that you can buy on iTunes and get it early and stuff. And this is the first Buzzfeed motion pictures. Like it's like a movie that they're putting out. I'm like, I support that. Like I'm excited to watch it. And I tweeted about it. I was like, you should go support this. See if this is cool. And like, I like that. I like that there's people doing different things and like, you know, you guys are going to tell me not to do that shit because why would you? Well, I think you're, you're, you have free will so you can do whatever you want, but it's everyone has free will in this company except Kevin. Yeah. yeah, I think I think you just have to, I agree with you. It, it reminds me a little bit of, you know, like it, it, things have changed. We, I've been in this industry and Greg has, you know, long enough to know that it, that it's changed radically um, into the way we look at our competitors. And I agree that the old way of doing things is dying. So like people have to get on board or or perish. And uh, so to Chris's point, like if you see a great article, you should support it. That's why I was so bummed about Grantland. Like and I used to say, even when I worked at IGN, I used to be like, yeah. Grantland is the best website on the Internet. You know, like, and like I said that as an employee of another website, that's just me being honest with the way I feel. It doesn't mean that I hate the things that I used to do. It means that this is fucking good. Um, and so then you find the individuals like Bill Simmons, for instance, and you can follow them around. It's becoming about individuals and about, um, you don't need a, an audience of millions anymore to survive and to, to, to reach people and stuff. So I think it's, I think it's all positive, but I think people have to remember to, to not throw the baby out with the bathwater sometimes with this shit, you know, like, and that's what I was, that's my Gawker example where I was so disgusted with what they did to that guy from Condé Nast. I, I thought it was like one of the fucking most disgusting things I'd ever seen in my life, but that's not Jason's fault. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. so, you know, that's kind of where I stand on that. Ladies and gentlemen. This has been the Kind of Funny Gamescast, the first ever episode 47, in fact. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. You guys, it's been awesome. This has been really fun. Thank you for hosting me. Once again. Thank you guys for having me. Buy his book. Yeah, buy the book. It's on Amazon. It's a really fun read. I think you're going to like it. You're going to laugh. You're going to feel good in your heart. You're going to cry. So many emotions. You might feel emotions, man. There's some emotional video games out there. There definitely is. Thank you, guys. As always. Thank you. You know. 
Yeah, here Damn. we are. I got to go lay down. My back hurts. Yeah, things are happening. Bye. <laughs> Love you.